0: Have I got a story for you. Living in paradise, but going through hell. Yep, big fan of oxymoron here at the Getting to Know You pod. Has led to a lifetime of travel, exploration, reflection, and experiences. For this young stud of a 24-year-old. But first, a word from today's sponsor. AndrePsyche.com. It is one of the coolest, dopest, most original websites for all sorts of merch that will be found on the World Wide Web. I'm trying to blow it up with a dramatic tone there. Andre is the proprietor, proprietor, and creates everything you see on your screen when you go to andrepsyche.com. Let me give you a little audio insight as to what this website will offer your eyes, art. Prints, podcasts, videos, music, clothing, accessories, and fine, fine, fine literature. Andre has authored two books, both of which are available for digital download or hard copy. Space Between the Crescent Shadows is his poetry, and Expedition of the Psyche is a journey into his thoughts as he paints. We here at the pod leaned a little more into the poetry because... What sane person wouldn't want to explore the space between the Crescent Shadows? I mean, did you know that there was space between shadows? I didn't. Go to AndrePsyche.com, and before you check out, check in with Andre. Message him for a promo code to save. AndrePsyche.com is the merch rabbit hole that's worth falling into. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Your support and feedback on our podcast posts has been exceptional please continue to give it we're on twitter instagram facebook just search for us getting to know you pod all one word also please rate review subscribe to the podcast on spotify apple stitcher wherever application you're listening on and finally if you have a business just like andre and would like to advertise with us here at the pod shoot us a message we are looking for partners and now getting to know you.
1: Hello.
2: Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you.
1: I'm going to do a terrific show today.
2: Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me.
1: Because I'm good enough.
0: Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely.
1: I'm smart enough. You
0: are precisely. And doggone it. On today's show, we are getting to know our first guest from the Aloha State, Dylan. Don't call me big. I'm just your daddy. (laughs) I tried. I tried to be clever as I could at the moment, man. I'm sorry. That was pretty terrible.
1: (laughs) No worries. I got it.
0: (laughs) How's up? Well, so, and just for any listeners to know, um, Hawaii internet all the way to Delaware, which is where I'm at, I think like we might suffer from a little bit of a lag on our zoom call. So if I ever interrupt you, speak over you, man, I'll apologize um, from the jump.
1: Okay, no worries. Yeah, you can uh, just roll with it.
0: Yeah. And for any listener who has not looked you up on Instagram, they will immediately hate you as soon as they do. Because of your lavish Hawaiian lifestyle. Like I'm already jealous of you, man. I got admit.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's one of the things about Instagram is that we kind of always just post the, the best part of our lives and we never highlight the shitty parts.
0: That's so true. Jesus. Right. Do you, so do you subscribe to that? Cause you're a younger guy, right? You turned 20, was it 24? You turned this
1: weekend? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I turned 24 yesterday. Um, and no, I, uh, so every 24th birth, every birthday, I, I run, uh, I run the age that I turn. So
0: when did that start, dude? Like you're fucking so, four uh, and you're just yeah, like, yeah. I'm out.
1: So when I was 20 years old, I, uh, I started running my age and when I turned 20, I was like, man, it's the start of a new decade and I need to do something cool with my life and celebrate my, like my athleticism and my body and my youth. And so when I turned 20, I ran 20 miles in Hawaii. Then uh, when I turned 21, I did it again. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I started doing that as like a way to travel. And when I turned 22, I I did it in Canada. And when I turned 23, I did it in Nepal, where I was serving in the Peace Corps. And uh, when I turned 24, I did it back home in Hawaii because of the coronavirus. And uh, everyone in the Peace Corps had to go home. It was a really sad, sad time for everyone, but uh, oh, shit. I don't know if you knew about about the Peace Corps.
0: No, I did not. But can I ask you a little more about this running thing, man? Yeah. So aside I mean, from being jealous of your um tan and your abs, twenty years <laughs> <laughs> twenty years old. Like why running? Why not do something like I, I I don't even know, like twenty pull-ups. Something that would take way less time, be way less taxing on the body.
1: Well, yeah, that's a really good question, and you know, I could I could say that I'm really passionate about running and that I identify as a runner, but it really is just something that I've like done for my entire life um, as a way to like vent and a way to like celebrate and a way to um, just really be a part of. like myself and so and so when i do when i do these 20 miles 22 miles 23 next year like 25 miles i i really like pretend that each mile is like the year that i am like so when i'm like at mile seven i'm thinking about like all the memories i had when i was seven years old and like kind of go through that uh go through those miles and those years of my life and like really reflect on that new year
0: Jesus, dude. And you're how old? 24 years old, and that's your mentality?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fucking
0: amazing, Dylan. Oh my. How far back can you remember?
1: Well, I can remember up until about like four years old, five years old. So, so obviously the first three, four miles, I'm just kind of just chilling and kind of get into <laughs> the rhythm of the run. But then when I start to pick up the pace and get into that flow state of running, right? I, uh, I start thinking about okay, or like try to pick up like, okay, my remember when I was four years old, uh, me and my twin brother, I have a twin brother and like we mm-hmm. were in preschool and like we're climbing my grandparents' mango tree. Or when I, when I was in like the eighth grade, uh when I was around like thirteen years old, I remember like my first girlfriend or my first kiss or something like that.
2: Right. And just kind of like
1: really trying to be grateful throughout the entire time I'm running and like trying to like because I'm running 24 miles, 25 miles or something. So it's like it's I'm like in pain.
0: Yeah, dude, just, it's fucking marathon. I mean, mar- marathons what?
1: 26.2? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so it's it's a painful process to run. So you kind of just like it's not like a vision quest per se, but I I do feel very spiritual while doing it.
0: Dude, it seems like it it's so when I initially thought about it, I was like, "How long is the fucking playlist that this guy has put together to jam to tunes <laughs> for twenty no, some miles? Know. Like, is it like New Rap Friday or some shit?" But now, when you're speaking it, I almost feel bad that I even like thought that about you. So fucking deep, you know?
1: Yeah, man. It's a. Uh, it really was something that I do as like it's a. It's a really it's like a way to start fresh and to- to be really reflective on and summarize my, my year before I started.
0: Dude. So fucking wise. And I've spoken to this with um, a lot of the people on the pod is the, um, had a bunch of, they would call like, they don't call themselves, but they kind of call themselves like woo woo people, like the spiritual Uh meditator, yogi type people. Right. And Mm -hmm. you don't realize the value of stillness and running is almost, especially if you can get like out and away from people where you can really right. get some real nice, quiet alone time. And if you're not listening to music, you can, you, you do, you fall into this flow state. Like you said, this rhythm where your body's just finding a natural cadence and your mind can go all sorts of places, man. Cause you got nothing else to do, right? Like you're occupying the physical and it allows the mental to almost be free.
1: Yeah, and that's you know this topic of like spirit, spiritual ascension has been so prevalent in my life right now. I think um, a lot of people are finding that within the coronavirus lockdown is that we're we're almost transcending our like our spiritual selves and like going to this boo state that you're talking about. Um,
2: yeah, but I very much
1: feel that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a spiritual experience for me too. To to, and- uh, to take away my distractions of music and and people. And I I do find that when I'm running around people and when I'm running around populated areas, like the miles feel longer because I feel so much more stimulated and I'm much more reactive to the environment. But if I'm like away from that, it's a it's a much more serene time where I can explore. Yeah. You know, a lot like almost like almost like my demons when I'm running and then kind of running with those
2: exploring your demons?
1: Yeah, like so I think well like most people in life they 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 sublimate right they subliminate they they run or they they do things to uh to exercise their demons or they do you know what I mean?
0: Um well no I was hoping to under understand a little deeper when you were talking about sublimate your demons.
1: Right, yeah so well, like, so I have a lot of, like, like past traumas that I, that I try to work through.
2: And uh-huh. that, that can
1: come in the form of, like, physical activity or, like, spiritual activities, like meditation or praying or, or something like that. But when I'm running, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, like, the things that, like, bother me or things that I'm going through and, like, like trying, to, trying to, like, shed my ego, if you will. So that I can address them in the in the best way possible.
0: Got gotcha. you. And dude, and I, we've literally spoken for all of ten minutes, and it's hard to like make someone feel vulnerable right away, especially with some shit like that. But right. um, I'll. I'm not. I'm a very like firm believer in like judgment free man. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to like fucking put
1: you in some like not judgments.
0: Yeah. I'm dude, I'm I'm totally not going to like set you up with like, Oh, you subliminate. And then like fucking rag on you at some point. Like I'm actually interested because I haven't thought of that, but it makes me, we have programs over here, like girls on the run where they try to make this bonding group of girls to, they talk about an issue. Then they go out and they do a physical exercise like running and it, and it helps their mental health. And I actually, when you were talking about the reflection part, I didn't think at all. I thought it would, I, in my head, I went more celebration than like dealing with demons. And that's why I was quiet and listening, man. I wasn't trying to leave you hanging out there. Do you know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. You're just processing that. Get it. Yeah. No. Cause I hadn't considered that honestly before that, like when you're running, it actually does empower, you probably do feel way more powerful and in control of those emotions that you had to process at a time when you were way vulnerable.
1: Exactly. You're right. Mm -hmm.
0: Man, I hadn't, man, fuck. I hadn't thought
1: about that at all. So in one of my, my last posts on Instagram, I talk about like, um, when I'm running, I feel a lot of like a plethora of feelings. Like I feel like sometimes I feel angry or shamed or, um, resentful or frustrated or, Right, a lot of times I feel happy too, and, and sometimes I'm like even brought to tears for like my own gratitude that I'm like
2: an able-bodied
1: person and able to do what I do and things I want and live where I live. You know, there's not a lot of people who get to experience that the life that I live, and um, you know, and it's it's, just, it's amazing and it is a celebration at times too. But at the same time, I I do feel like very much unwhole in my life and sometimes um, running doesn't fill that hole, but running helps me uh, have the tools to fill, fill that hole.
0: Yeah. Do you think it helps you just to separate yourself? Like when you say it helps you to get the tools, is it more like a confidence thing? Is it more a focus thing? Is it more a control thing?
1: Some parts of it is, is control, but I think a lot of it too is just like, Having like a relationship with myself, and there's so much activity going on in the first world.
0: Oh, and there it, it is. You know, dude. I like, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. But I fucking love what you just no said word. there. With it's about having a relationship with myself,
2: and I think it's that's
0: like, yeah. I, I think that's a fuck, man. I'm just gonna be stepping all over you, dude. Jesus, I'm sorry.
1: No words. <laughs> yeah, this is a very like important conversation to have with people who are ready to have it and uh, if you want to have a relationship with yourself you need to shed your ego you need to shed your like your jealousy and your and your carnal wants and your primal wants and um, that takes time and that takes looking at yourself in, in the eye and saying like I'm ready to be more than myself or be more than you know my insecurities, or does that make sense?
0: No, dude, don't ever and again, don't don't um mistake my silence for um well I guess it is questioning, but I'm processing at the same time, <laughs> right? So yeah. yeah, no, I'm 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 listening and I'm just putting it together. And I think people it, it's funny because the more I talk to people about just humanistic traits, right? Humans are completely selfish, completely standoffish a lot of times actually aggressive and negative. And like, if you go, why, well, it's a biological trait where you have to like question things in order to survive. But we've now gotten to this point in our society where it's so plush that we're almost over trusting now at the same time. And we have this um, default where we just believe and it actually fucks us over in a lot of our judgments. So when you were talking about that uh, in my head, that's what I'm trying to balance is like, it's fucking it's fucking tough to try to balance these natural desire like almost biological desires that you have that are maybe no longer suited for the society we live in but at the same time you need to hold on to them so you don't get taken advantage of.
1: That's true. Yeah, and I you know when we talk about this like one of the first things that comes up in my mind is is sex for example, right? Um and it's like something that I've had trouble with in life is uh, it's like with sexual partners and seeing like asking myself if, if I want to be with this person because I care about them or if it's just a biological need to procreate and reproduce and, and pass on my, my offspring and um, to, for the DNA continue And, and separating ourselves from other primates has been um, something that, that I found very important is where am I, where am I different and where do I, again, transcend this idea of like my primal, my primal needs. And um, yeah, I, I take a very Darwinian stance in, in life sometimes like thinking like, Oh, if it's, if it's not evolutionary, evolutionarily uh, correct, then it doesn't make sense. But then, but then there are so many instances in, in American, or, I'm sorry, pardon me. In um, in human culture where, where we do things that don't make biological sense.
0: Oh yeah, dude. And I heard someone, which is fucking, uh, is like amazing to me. Like we're the only species that outside of our bloodline, like you and me right now should fucking hate each other. If you were another tribe of chimps, dude, like if we were talking, we would be battling for every inch of ground that we wanted. And I'd be sizing you up. You'd be sizing me up. But whatever. You roll to Delaware. I get to Hawaii. We get up with each other. We're like passing each other in the streets. Or like you said, when you're jogging in, in public, like you're giving people head nods. You're waving. <laughs> it's not a threat. We can actually communicate and thrive outside of our bloodlines, which is so fucking rare. Wow. Yeah, you
1: know, it's, it's something that, that I uh, – like I, I think – so I have, my degree is in clinical psychology and uh, cultural anthropology. So I have, I always have these big human thoughts like this, like where, where humans fit into, into this world. And, and how are we so different? Why are we so different? And I use those lenses of psychology and anthropology to, to guide my questions. And, um, yeah, that example of being a monkey and, you know, uh, Having, having more language than them and having, having uh, much more, what is the word? It's uh, having, having much more progress, like intellectual progress than, than, say, a primate.
0: Yeah, I call it we, cunning. <laughs> like, I just think you're fucking wittier or you're cunning or you just figure shit out. You react to the environment, <laughs> like anticipate
2: in a way quicker way. Yeah, I, I can see that too.
1: But so with I'm sorry, where where were we going with this? If,
2: uh... <laughs> Nowhere, dude. That's the
0: beauty of this shit.
1: <laughs>
0: Somehow it connects to you being a twenty year old saying, I'm gonna run twenty miles because if I were a monkey, I would swing in trees for twenty miles. I thought I heard you say that. Was I wrong? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, we as we as humans we can we can make these like arbitrary goals for ourselves. Like we we exist outside of survival, and that's a really beautiful thing about being a human. Is that if we want to climb Mount Everest, we can make can write that on a whiteboard and yeah. like have that on the checklist, or we can Dude, we can talk, master talk, talk can about master, another yeah. thing
0: that goes against evolution. What other type of animals do shit where they like keep putting their bodies at risk of permanent
2: harm and death? none no I don't I don't don't... (laughs) know yeah it's it's something you know with with
1: human beings we we as a species do things that are so contradictory contradictory to our survival that I it's, it's just baffling so so maybe, maybe trying to get back to like this idea of like running, running my age for my birthdays. That is that I shed like my my most basic primal instincts, so that I can like I can address like the higher questions that I have for myself, and it, in that way, like being more more centered with who I am.
0: Yeah, right. It almost gives you that awareness, right? So how did that start, dude? If you're like, I'm just trying to think back when I'm 20 and I could give a fuck about knowing me. I'm trying to know a lot of other people, particularly <laughs> individuals. I guess so. Again, I'm a teacher, so I have to always like catch myself. I'm just trying to learn a lot about other individuals I am highly interested in. So what what made you think, man? 20 years, I want 20 miles of reflective running.
1: Yo, I think. You know, I, it's something that I had to grow up pretty quickly as a, as a kid. I, uh, it's kind of going to get real deep real quick, but good, I was, I was, uh, you know, my, my dad was a, a very incredibly abusive father, uh, mm-hmm. physically and emotionally and, and like, and like having to reflect on like my behaviors all the time, like everything I did was wrong and ended up in, you know, beatings and like, and like, just like,
2: you know, like,
1: sorry. I'm just like all of these, all of these, uh all these emotions like that I've, I've had to deal with in my life, like with anxiety and with like, uh, like depression and, like, incredible amounts of, like, shame because of, because of, like, the things that I do, and I try to, I try to just, like, that follows you, that follows you when you have, like, an abnormal childhood like that, you know, I, I grew up with, like, my dad, or, like, the police coming to my house a lot because, like, mom's hurting dad, or, I'm sorry, my dad's hurting my mom, and my mom's, like, on the floor, like, covered in blood and, and things like that, are like, dad's hurting, hurting me, and and so in that way, there was, like, a lot of growing up that I had to do really, really quickly in life. Like, Jesus, just, yeah. There wasn't a lot of time for me to, like, mess around and, and be a kid. But I, I, really, I really feel that that is almost a superpower now because, because you know, like, starting around 10 years old, like, a lot of abuse started to happen. And so when I'm reflecting on that life at mile 10, like, okay, this is, this is where it happened, and, like, at mile 17 – It's where it got really bad or mild 20s, like, it's like where, where you kind of just wanted to like address, finally address what's going on in your life or what was going on in my life. I just, um, it became an outlet, you know? And so I,
2: so I just, I just have to,
1: I just have to, uh, use like my tools and like my passions to to get me like away from like these like malicious like malicious feelings of of hurt and rage and sorrow and all of all the things that are detrimental to like my happiness and success
0: yeah and i mean running's and and i'm not i'm no biological scientist or any anything like that but i've everybody fucking says like there's And I forget it's not pheromones. Fuck. I'm such an idiot. What's, what's (laughs) released when you're running endorphins
1: endorphins. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Right. Like, I mean, running's actually scientifically proven to give you a high, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: adrenaline rush with dopamine and adrenaline and, um, norepinephrine and things like that
0: yeah i almost feel like it take again like to just keep and it's funny how like sometimes shit just connects but like you're like evolutionary evolutionary wise you're you're why are you putting yourself in pain but at the same time running can almost take you back to that like thrill of the hunt type shit where you know you can like chase some shit down and just fucking pounce it if you wanted to <laughs> like it, it it's like one of the rawest races of like pure physical strength other than um like wrestling or MMA type shit, you know?
1: That's so, true. And you know, that's funny because I actually wrestled in college. I was a Division two uh wrestler.
0: Oh um, fucking, no way.
2: Yeah, and
1: like uh grew up grew up wrestling, grew up doing judo and jujitsu and like lived in Thailand and did did the Muay Thai thing for six months. <laughs> and and I, I very much understand what it means to be a physical human being, but I think just trying to like move away, really, really emphasizing this idea of moving away from a physical body through physical activity and just transcending into just like my emotional my emotional self or or my mental self.
2: Yeah. Right. So where were
0: you in your life at tw- so twenty years old? I'm thinking like sophomore year of college type thing. Like exactly. Yeah. So shouldn't you be a frat boy just passing out and going to parties all night and getting like a two, three GPA? (laughs) Like you're on this super intrinsic emotional search and it's like, nah, man, I should be getting ready to like enjoy actually having an ID.
1: No, it really wasn't like that at all. I, uh, so I was in school, I was going to school in Western State, Colorado University, and I was wrestling there, uh, Division Two. and I had walked onto a team as a freshman, and like I, I fell in love with wrestling, uh, because my dad was like, hey, you're a pussy, you need to like man the fuck up.
2: Oh, and shit. This
1: idea of like, fucking toxic masculinity like perpetuated right? my into college. Like I needed to wrestle to be a man in his eyes, so I did that up until I got good enough. So like you know, wrestling in college, and um, <clears throat> I was a sophomore. Um, just finished my sophomore year in college. Went home to Hawaii for a vacation for a month or two, and yeah. And I just, I, I was. a am a very fit person, I think, and you know, I, I, appreciate having an active lifestyle, and that's something that I knew I could do. I'd never run twenty miles in my life, but I knew I was like, I can, I can. Well I can get up right now and do it and so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and <laughs> Dude, I love it. Fucking love it. Yeah, it was before it you was keep going, what was the
0: what was the longest you'd run prior to?
1: The longest I'd run was uh or
0: I guess furthest, right? Longest I feel is incorrect. Furthest, yeah. yeah, let let's sound educated. We're we're college graduates. The furthest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: furthest I had run was 15 miles and that was when i was in high school and that oh. yeah I, like i said i i just fucking love using my body to do cool shit you know or
0: yeah when i was 18
1: i'd skydive 20 t- or two times um so
0: <laughs> fucking nuts it's really
1: just really like to chase chase like endorphins and and adrenaline and
0: yeah i was gonna say adrenaline a, junkie type shit
1: yeah but if you if you meet me now man i'm like listening to bonnie bear every morning and every night and and like John Mayer, like really slow, slow, like boring shit. But
0: but you got to balance it, right? And uh, like, uh, again, initially, like you can just fucking tell you're, you're yin and yangin', man, which is awesome, what? right? Like y- it's awesome that you're, you're not fucking rocking out to metal music because that shit might send you over the edge to toxic masculinity. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you got it in you, so fucking balance it out, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something like you. You have to know within yourself, like you know that you. I don't need a, you know, this like idea of like masculinity. Is so so interesting and right right now in this time. Um, but I almost think it's a swear word to say that you're masculine. But um, really, yeah, I just like the like the people I surround myself with, are, and I I consider myself a feminist. But uh, but I almost feel like. Well, I, I think I get a lot of shit for saying this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Is that like there's a lot of people in this world that if you express your masculinity, you know, people are going to are gonna hate you for it. And I almost feel like feminists are almost gonna hate you for that because it's like almost putting women down or putting feminism down, and that's really not what I'm trying to what, what I'm trying to say right. at all. And I'm, I'm already talking with my ego and being defensive here, but.
0: No, well, um, so just to, and I, and I love, I actually just had, fuck man, Lauren, who um, went on Naked and Afraid. Have you seen Naked and Afraid? I
1: have. Yeah. One, once in my life. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost like you would be like the perfect dude to drop out there and just see what the fuck happens. So Lauren, um, is an agnostic and she is like, she, she's almost exactly, not exactly like you cause she's not, but she's just very well thought out, highly educated and just loves to be fucking, I think she was a philosophy major where you just think on shit and you don't worry about judgment. You just fucking talk and you understand we're going to say shit. It doesn't mean I know it to be a truth, but I'm exploring it to see what I can take from it. Right. So on her season, it was wicked interesting because there's two guys and two girls and guess who were the two hunter and gatherers, the men and guess who were the two that sat at the fucking hut and boiled water and like made shoes and like made the homestead, the home camp clean, the two females. And her point was, I took no qualms with that because it wasn't about me being the girl and being put in this place. It was about, He was bigger and stronger. So of course he should go out there and fucking try to kill big things and drag them back. I couldn't fucking drag those things back. And I think getting back to what you're saying about masculinity, sometimes people can take it as offensive, but sometimes people are just fucking stronger than you. It it doesn't mean I'm looking down on you, man. Sometimes I'm faster. Sometimes I'm slower. Like it's just where you fall. Is that kind of what you're. Getting at or vibing with with masculinity, or did I go down a whole that, different path?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was awesome, and that actually makes me feel better about about speaking. And that's something that I I have, I have a lot of I have a lot of trouble with is like things like this. Really, is like speaking to people, and like I'm a very good writer, I think, and I but I like speaking to people is like something that's one of my weaknesses.
0: <clears throat> Do you worry like? You're going to be misunderstood? Or are you worried about shit getting taken out of context? Or are you worried about judgments?
1: I think all of the, yeah, all of the above judgments should getting... Uh, you fucking
0: millennial. Money. How do you always pick all of the above? <laughs> Jesus. Get a lane. <laughs>
1: God damn it. Well, that's just, I think really something that, that, that I've taken from my childhood is that everything I said was wrong or everything oh, that I did shit. was going to... Was gonna like fucking result in that, and I'm like really trying to, really trying to get over that, and like just even speaking to you now is it's kind of like a therapy for me.
2: Oh, dude, and, like right?
1: Yeah, and it's, it's awesome. You're telling me like it's it's just exploring. I'm just exploring new ways of thought, and I'm like I I by no means um, I'm saying it, I'm an expert in anything. I, oh, yeah. I know Jack shit I know Jack's about running too, no, but but. You know, I, I exploring those, those ideas,
0: dude, that, and that's a hundred percent of what I tried to, in my head, I had this like abstract idea two months ago for this podcast where like, wouldn't it just be fucking interesting? Like everyone's been through shit. So again, like you go back to your Instagram thing, which I want to, because I feel like the Instagram, the masculinity and the age that you're at almost all tie together. Um, And let's see if I can actually remember to wrap that back into it. But what (laughs) the point of this thing, this podcast that I was like, I just love fucking hearing what people think about shit and people have all been through shit. And dude, I guarantee you, like you said about Instagram is just all happiness. Someone looks at your Instagram. If they listen to 25 minutes of this conversation, they're like, I just learned 12 things about this motherfucker. I had no idea we're going on. And that's the beauty of talk, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, wanna, I wanna agree with you. And I, am I'm, I'm in love with interviewing, and um, the, the anthropological idea, of, like the ethnographical um, idea of interviewing. Bitch, yeah.
0: you said you weren't an expert. Stop. I
1: just said <laughs> what was that
0: word? Spell it. What was that word? I'm not. I'm. I can't. I can not i, I can not even. Yeah. <laughs> e, is it EP or EPH or EF?
1: Oh. ETH.
0: Oh yeah. See. Et- there you go fucking expert keep going <laughs> man educate
1: <laughs> well yeah I, yeah i i love to i love to learn about people's culture and where in like interviews that I've done for like for my research and in, in um in anthropology i've i've gone to like uh places in europe called, i've been to the country of Malta and did like a field school there and had to do a bunch of bunch of interviews on different types of people and different martial artists of of Malta. And like giving them asking these like almost prodding questions, like trying to get to know them. And they everyone has a story, right? Yeah. But I um when I when I did interviews it was for the sake of a thesis and like for sake of for the sake of an overarching theme. But with with your podcast I'm I'm feeling a lot more like more liberty and just, just speaking in whatever way. And um
0: Oh fuck yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah it's really cool i enjoy that because that's something that i haven't done in my in my in my interview sorry i don't have a podcast
2: (laughs) yeah
0: so that's jesus i like i want to go in 12 different directions at this point because i a little bit like you and um so i'm almost twice your age man i'm getting ready to hit 40 and It's hilarious to me because I feel like I am your age. I feel like I'm 25 and as soon as you say thesis, I'm going back to like my graduate degrees and like tying shit together. And like, you're doing all this qualitative research and then you try to match it up with like quantitative shit and you're, you're, you're finding that theme. And, and I almost find myself on the podcast trying to do that for like, whatever, when you put a description out, you want like to time chunk shit so that if people want to hear about it, they can click it. But exactly. But I love, I I, I want to still ask. So you've already said, dude, you've lived in 12 different fucking places, which is blowing my mind at at, at this early age in your life. Um, But I want to go to the thesis part. So are you going towards cultures with research in your mind that you're like, ooh, I hope they lead me towards this topic? Or are you going in kind of blind where you're Hoping to discover a topic and prod as things are revealed.
1: Yeah, I I really like the bottom up approach to research, which means like gathering data and then finding my finding my thesis or finding my my, like my overarching theme. Gotcha. So I so when I when I'd gone to Malta and, and did my research there, I was I was talking with people there and like at first I was like focusing like agriculture of of Malta and like working with like farmers in Malta and I fucking found that horribly boring and I just felt like (laughs) yeah it was really bad and I spoke no Maltese and it was just like the weirdest language it was such an interesting language (laughs) but um and it just it eventually it came down to like what my passions were in life and you know I was fucking going on a run one day in Malta running through the hills and then I'd meet I'd met someone and had a conversation with them and ended up uh, training with this person because I found out that they were doing jujitsu. And after doing like training jujitsu with them, I found out this this new idea that I that uh, that I want to research. And it's this idea of like trust, oh. uh, the trust between and building a rapport between um, the researcher and the uh, and the researched. And so, and what does it mean? What does that mean to be? Uh, a researcher and how do you gain rapport between people enough so that you can have a real conversation that gives you that, that qualitative um, data. Right. And that, that's something that, that takes time. And, you know, you had, you had said at the beginning of this podcast that, um, that you are very accepting, you pass no judgment. And, and that's something that people want to hear if, they, if they're going to tell you some deeper shit. Oh, for and, sure.
0: Like you're not trying to get fucking played right like like no one is right
1: yeah and that's and you know that goes back to uh what is her name renee renee brown renee brown renee brown's uh book called the power of vulnerability
2: oh okay
1: and have you have you heard of this book
0: no i was actually just writing it down power of vulnerability is vulnerable with a v or a qx (laughs)
1: I don't even know what that's saying.
0: <laughs> what <is laughs> phonetically that? correct QX. What the fuck?
1: QX, I,
0: oh. Right now you're thinking like, bitch, I thought you taught English. <laughs> Reading specialist. <laughs>
2: God
0: damn it. <laughs> no, power of a uh, vulnerability. I had not heard of it, but I'm definitely, dude, quarantine time. I'm, I'm looking for all sorts of shit to read. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, man. And I think that's something that you as a, as a, as someone who's doing podcasts would love to read but um, just for anyone who wants to uh, learn how to like empower yourself just being vulnerable being transparent and being honest with the people around you I've found to be almost like a superpower it's called mm. just just being truthful to yourself and being truthful to people around you like and again shedding your ego when you're talking to someone like if you're feeling upset at someone you don't tell them like oh I want to go home right now or ah, I'm, um, or like you you hit someone or something it's like that's not that's not what you're feeling you know you got to separate your feeling and thoughts and your feeling is like I'm I'm angry or I'm upset or I'm frustrated I'm like separating out feeling and thought is so important um, you know therapists do it um, and us as human beings should do it too like just remembering what exactly it is that we're thinking and being in tune with your body and what it was, what is the thought and what is the feeling and asking yourself, asking yourself those questions.
0: Dude, that's so, that's almost the premise to any relationship, right? And like how much miscommunication occurs. Um, I think it was Elon Musk on one of Joe Rogan's uh, the second time he was on Joe Rogan's podcast was talking about how inefficient human communication is if you actually go with, what are you thinking? Then how do I translate that into words? Then what are the appropriate words for this person who is in front of me considering what their background knowledge is, what their cultural norms are, some vernacular shit, and then you put it towards them. Then they have to gain a hundred percent of your knowledge. How much of that shit are they retaining and then connecting to their past experiences and me just saying that I'm exhausted, and that literally happens if you're trying to explain fucking anything, right? So right, that yeah, that's, that's a great um, point. Like the feelings and thoughts. So when people get offended, it's so much like, dude, I wasn't trying. I was simply trying to ask for directions. I-, I wasn't saying you don't know where the fuck you're going. I guess I was trying to help. <laughs> you know, like shit like that is so common.
1: Yeah, it's it really is it just fucking blows my mind. And, you know, I was, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but I was in the peace corps for, uh, about 15 months. Right. And I had, I had learned a new language, the, uh, the Nepali language. And, um, you know, like speaking Nepali every day for 15 months. And like, like even when you speak a new language, you also think in that way.
0: Oh, that that shit is trippy. Did anybody ever catch you like talking in your sleep? And they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs)
2: Or no.
1: No, uh, okay. no, but it's it's true. It, it's super trippy because you like adopt new ways of thinking. You adopt new ways of speaking. Like when I speak English, sometimes I'll use like uh, Nepali philosophy, or I'll use like right? Nepali uh, uh, sentence structure when I'm speaking. Oh, dude,
0: that's but, the worst. You sound like a total fucking idiot. And you're like, no, I'm not. I actually know multiple languages. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there was this time I was uh, at the grocery store. And um, a, a very common way uh, to to greet someone in Nepali is "kana which means "have you eaten?"
2: Oh, and shit. so I
1: was in line at the fucking grocery store, and this lady lets me cut in front of her. And I was like, "Oh, thank you. Have you eaten?" And this was like this was like last month, and I said, I said "What the fuck?" And she just gives me the weirdest look, and I just feel so embarrassed because I just like it was just out of context right it's not it's not in the uh it's not in the american context to do that you know i i think a lot about language and like i'm i'm a huge language buff i I speak japanese and thai and nepali and english and sign language and and i've tried my hand at arabic and i was when i was like in tunisia for a little bit
0: jesus dude uh, are you sure you don't work for the fucking cia man like me recording this shit (laughs) Are you sure that I'm not fucking getting bugged by someone?
1: I should ask you that actually if I'm the CIA. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Dylan. We're recording this conversation because we have a lot of faith in you and your abilities.
1: <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much. But, yeah, I just want to really, really bring it back with that whole idea of is That because I, I I geek out about linguistics a lot too. Is is that um?
0: Which is why you were. Um, upset at me trying to go like QX with vulnerable. You were like, no, dumbass. Like, that doesn't make that sound.
1: This <laughs> almost. <laughs> <it's, it's> <laughs> but yeah, it, it really was something that when I got back to America, it's like people, language is a tool, okay? English is an amazing tool and it's, it's the international language. But you are using the wrong verbiage the wrong nouns the wrong adjectives and and you're just completely fucking up what you're feeling and thinking by saying this like if you're hungry don't say don't tell me like you want to go go to mcdonald's or don't say like like i wish we weren't at the beach right now it's like say i'm hungry i want to let's go get some food or something oh be direct with yourself be direct to the people who you're talking to
0: Dude, I get, it. and it's funny because I call that, I have a 10-year-old daughter and I say she fucking
1: manipulates. So like,
0: <laughs> like, dude, like she'll, whatever, she sneaks, like she she goes out for ice cream on fucking like two o'clock. And maybe I'm like a really strict parent or whatever, but like, it's like, dude, you don't get like five, 15 processed desserts a day, okay? Like, like I, don't, I don't even know if I want, I'll, I'll say it because you've been very trusting, I'll be very trusting. Like sometimes I look at her and I'm like, are you hoping to be fat, lazy, and stupid? Like, is that your goal? And like, it almost like shocks her to realize like what you're doing right now is so serious to me. And if that's what you want to be, fat, lazy, and stupid, which are three of the things that I'm very anti. Now, if you can't help obesity, I get it. If you can't help, like if you have a, a mental issue, I get it. I'm not saying it in that text. But what I'm saying is if you're choosing to be stupid, and she'll do this with her language. She'll be like, so would this count as my second dessert? And you're like, can, why don't you ask for what you want instead of trying to manipulate and word around it? Like be direct. Just say, can I have an ice cream? And then we know how to take it, it instead of this like pussyfooting around, man. I feel... It's funny you brought that up because we've been dealing with that her with, with that in her ten year old self, just not being direct with language.
1: Yeah, and that's something you know, communication you have to cultivate, just like anything else, and it, it's so important. But there's a lot of people who take that into their adulthood, and um, it becomes a part of their ego, and they, they they can't they can't shed that. They can't say like it becomes almost too much for them to to tell the truth. And in that way. Those those are really scary people to me. It's that people who can't face themselves are people that will manipulate. And I don't I don't think at all I think your daughter is going on the right path and I know I know you love her very much. But I think that there are people in this world who go into their adulthood with this idea of like manipulating people and making them second guess themselves and what you're saying so that they can they can get what they want. And maybe I'm maybe I'm like talking about my like abusive and manipulative father for example well because he can he can definitely have done that to me too
0: and dude everything you're saying because honestly if, if we're being real and are, are we like two guys grabbing a beer and going down the thought process of language and the effects on communication and relationship if we meet up like what's the stereotypical thing like you're fucking going out and you're getting drunk and you're looking for girls right and like that's what dudes do and it goes back to your toxic masculinity of like what the fuck are you looking at man you see that guy over there looking at me the fuck's wrong with him and like that whole thing right and it's i find it i find it really cool that like culturally societally we're getting to the point where dudes are completely Okay with like having pretty deep conversations about their feelings.
1: Yeah, that's um that's actually really refreshing to hear because i definitely have been in situations where people were talking about like the literal vagina and labias and like I don't want to have this conversation. Because, <laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't benefiting anything. It was just a very like lustful conversation about about having sex and that's something that
2: right like, like bro, bro
0: if if you're at that point why don't you just go fucking talk to her why are you talking to me about her at this point <laughs> like go, go shoot your shot shooter see what happens <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and, and these are these are very like prominent conversations in my life that I always think about and that I I consider and you know it's it's important to have like these deeper like almost like philosophical um conversations there's a, one of my other, okay, this is my, one of my favorite books called Ishmael. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of that book, by David Quinn. But it's, it's just a conversation between the author and himself. But oh. one of the, one of the uh, characters in his book is a gorilla, and the other character in the book is a person. And they're having this, this, this conversation, it's called the Socratic conversation, between him and the gorilla, whose name is Ishmael. And they like, they're just like hashing out all of these, like, these life problems about, about like a lot of different things. And I'll let you read the book if you want. And I won't tell you any more about it. I mean, you can spoil it, man.
0: It, it won't like, I, I don't get upset at um, spoiling. Cause it, I, I don't know me personally. Like I really get into how authors write the words that they choose, the sentences, how they're putting ideas together. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm, I can go to a movie and know the good guy's going to win. You don't have to fucking tell me like, oh my God, Vin Diesel survives Fast and the Furious 12. No way. He died in like almost every other one. You're a bitch for telling me. Like, so no, man, talk about it. Um, I don't mind.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Well, in this book, Ishmael is a caged gorilla and he, uh, he lives in, he lives in a fucking apartment. <laughs> but, like his owner, his owner keeps him in the an apartment.
0: Curious but, George, keep going. Yeah,
1: and, and and this what this guy, what this gorilla does is he has conversations with this person about about the natural world, and he talks about um like, all the ways that the human. I had said in the beginnings podcast um, American culture, but then I corrected myself and said human culture, and that was basically because of like David Quinn's book is that. In human culture, we have a lot of different a lot of different uh, activities that contradict uh, the natural world, like, for example, refrigerators, or for example, um, agriculture, right we, in agriculture, we we kill off all predators that that are going to eat the crops that we grow. So say we're growing corn and there's a monkey. That's coming to eat the corn. We're going to shoot that monkey, right? We're going to shoot all the monkeys in the area. We're going to kill all the monkeys in there. We're going to kill all the insects in the area that are going to like.
2: Yeah, feast, survive.
1: Exactly. But in the natural world, that happens. Like there is a give and take in the system. But because of the rhetoric we created as human beings, is that we're above animals, um, we're above everything else. Well, that's because
0: that's how God made us. That, that's exactly. that's kind of where it started, right? Like we were here to make to dominate the world, and they took that fucking liberty and they acted like the world needed us versus us needing the world
1: precisely, precisely that, and um you know and this book has like upset a lot of christians and and this uh that like a lot of religions and um but you just. David Quinn asks you to like really think about like how we live with the world and how we live against the world. And, um, and really exactly what we've been talking about this entire time about, um, like the primal self and like being, being higher than nature is so wrong and so different than what I think we should be living. And, uh, so, like I said, like this gorilla—it's just a fucking gorilla talking to a man. <laughs> yeah. but, but they hash out—they hash out these problems with each other, and they have like these deep, meaningful, philosophical conversations. And those are the types of conversations that I like to have. Cool. Um, but I, I get it—a lot of people won't have those conversations with me because they're exhausting, and it's hard, and it takes a lot of effort. And sometimes you just want to talk about the ball game or something like that,
0: right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, dude, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, my mind so fucking goes down the path, and so, and just as a fuck you to the people who um say this every once in a while, and it's not like this podcast is a big deal or whatever. And I love doing the like ambu- ambiguous fuck you to like to like just like the fucking like almost like a stereotypical and amb- like fuck you if you're whatever, right? But sometimes people are like, dude, if you go all philosophical, you're not staying on brand of get to know you. It's get to know you. I'm supposed to know Dylan's stories and shit. But like part of Dylan is this philosophical thought. So like go down the path, get to know Dylan's thoughts, right? Like I I don't see it as a big deal. And I'm the same way, dude. I fucking love just thinking about that shit. Like what if we could actually – You know how people always want to communicate with babies? Like you want the like the fucking like babies crying. Is it wet? Is it hungry? Is it insecure? Is it scared? Take that shit to fucking animals. What would birds say about us flying around looking at us do what we do? What would ants say? Like are we just the most inefficient animal on this planet, right? If we got judged by all the other species, what would that fucking do for our egos and what would that do for checking us and putting us in our place?
1: Uh, I've never thought about that, but it's also interesting because we do have the power to like annihilate all of them too.
0: Well, dude, that's that's what I'm saying. Like the bear's fucking looking at you, and he's like, "Yeah, bitch, you ain't fucking tough without that gun or that pointy fucking stick." You know, <laughs> like great job being blessed with a fucking thumb, right? Maybe if I rip it off, let's see what you can do. <laughs> And like what, what animal isn't jealous of our fucking thumb and being like, that's the reason you fucking dominate us. Like 90% of the species are like, fuck you and your thumb human. We would be, we would obliterate you if you didn't have that. If you were at eight digits, you'd be our fucking servant. You'd be on the leash. That's,
1: that's pretty true. I think, uh, I think we have to mention like the amount of cognitive ability that we have over other animals as well yeah right but but that's a whole other ball, another ball game you know like comparing comparing our thought processes and our
0: yeah but you wonder like how much of that thought process is and yeah now we're just going down the whole fucking realm but like how much is based on our ability to grip like if we couldn't grip if we had four fingers no thumb a like we couldn't hold a fucking screwdriver to build any of these bombs that we need one finger to push a button for. That's true. Like, like if you go down like the whole domino effect of it, like our thought process has been honed because we can grab shit. And then that allowed us to just keep going with this cognitive ability. You take a fucking thumb away and do, do we get past monkeys? Right? Like, like, what was that determining factor that got us past them? Because we were fucking neck and neck for a while.
1: <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And I really, I would like to research that more. I, I've, I don't have the answer for you on that. But Wait, you're, tw- you're 24
0: and you don't have the answer? <laughs> why, why did I even call you? Jesus, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> you know what? I'll do some more research on that. <laughs> appreciate that man. there must be someone there must be someone who's written about it somewhere if not you can write the book
0: no you know what i'm gonna do i'm not gonna write it i'm just gonna put it out as a podcast that i'm an expert <laughs> and just fucking see what happens <laughs> i so so i had another guy on naked and afraid and i was making fun of myself luke luke's been on naked and afraid three times he did 21 days in africa alone and he fucking made his own bow and he's like slaying animals. So like every once in a while, and I know nothing about, I like, I, I don't even know if I could survive camping, dude. So like every once in a while he'd start talking, I'd be like, oh yeah, sand, best type of texture to track an animal. I agree. <laughs> and like, I'm kind of making fun of myself of how fucking ignorant I am. But the fact that you have like a little bit of a voice allows you to sound almost like an expert is so fucking funny to me. Like, I, I just, I love it.
1: Yeah, and that's actually really scary too. Is that, uh, oh, dude, hundred percent. That appeal to authority. What is that? That's
0: uh. uh you say it the loudest uh, and the quickest.
1: The ethos, right? The, the the appeal to authority.
0: I'd have to Google. I that was the Aristotle thing, right? The three different spirits, or was it four? Yeah. The the logos, pathos, and egos. Yeah, logos, logic, passion, and um intellect. Right or no?
1: Something like that. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's what we're talking about. That, yeah, that, I, that voice, that, that authority.
0: I actually remember reading some book of his when I was like 20 and thinking, yo, that'd be a dope ass tattoo. I think I'm going to get those three things. <laughs> 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 just, just to have yeah. some conversation with like someone at a bar that found am in the tank
1: top. <laughs> yeah, they're going to want to talk about the fucking bargain. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, <huh?
0: laughs> no. um, so, and Something I've just been wondering so much dude, are you a military kid? Like why are you fucking moving around so much, man?
1: Well, yes, I am a military kid, but I, I knew it. Born, but I was born and raised in Hawaii and I'd never moved in my entire life for, for for the sake of military.
2: Oh. My dad
1: My dad was in the reserves for the Coast Guard and I spent I spent uh the first six I'm sorry actually when I was when I was for the i spent the first two years of my life in Guam and that's where my dad was from and then that was just that was just because Hawaii is expensive and Guam was a better place for them for my parents at the time but long story short they moved back to Hawaii from Guam and I spent the uh, when I was two years old to so 18 18 years old, I spent in Hawaii and then and then I 18 to 20, 21, 20, yeah, 21, I, I spent in Colorado and then I did study abroad in Thailand. And after Thailand, I uh, jumped around between countries and continents. And at 20, and at 23, I, I was in the Peace Corps.
0: In Nepal. In Nepal. All right. So I'm not saying this as a racist thing, but you've spoken about a lot of Asian themes. Right. Are you I have. Are you going that route because a little easier like looks wise? Hawaiian, do you feel is that like culturally something of yours?
1: No, man, it just really was how the fucking just <laughs> I I just wanted, you know, I just wanted something as far as far from the normal life that I've had and Um. you know Europe Europe just didn't like fit in my like in my like grand scope of what I wanted to do and um you know and I like I just love calligraphy as well right so like Japanese calligraphy Japanese like katakana and kanji and hiragana right the you know those are the symbols and so all of these different languages have different symbols. So I like like seeing that and like learning that. I like learning how to write my name in different languages. And um, but with the romantic languages, you're using the American you're using the uh, sorry the Roman alphabet. You're not using anything new, and that's kind of kind of like the only real pull that I had to that.
0: Got you. Jesus, man, you're a, you're a fucking abyss, Dylan. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's I think
1: that's a good thing. I'm not sure.
0: No, dude, hundred percent. I've I've just never heard anyone fucking say like, man, I was really into this culture because they have basically their own characters of how to express things. Like that's fucking neat, dude.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it really changes everything, if you in the way you think and the way you write and you know it's like if. Well, now I'm going down a rabbit hole, but if you're like learning how to write happy in like, in like Thai or in Nepali or Japanese, they all look different and they all, they all feel different when you write them. So how does that, how does that change the way you feel about that emotion or something, something really fucking woo woo crazy like that. But
0: And does it do that for you as well? When you're writing it, you're experiencing different emotions?
1: It does, yeah. And especially when you're thinking it like sometimes like sometimes I'm thinking I, I'm present for example, I'm presented with a situation, right? And for uh let's say a situation is that I uh I failed a math test, okay? And 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 no. there's some there's some languages that can better express that feeling better than others. Oh. For example, if I were to say like Oh, I'm really sad in, in English. Doesn't like quite quite grip it as like as like uh, for example like in Nepali like "duka Lagio, like I have the feeling of of like sorrow <laughs> or or something something like that. You know what I mean? It's like some some words are better expressed in that language because it just doesn't exist in, in the English language.
0: Man, I and, sp- uh, do you
1: speak any other languages by any chance?
0: I speak emoji, man. So I'm thinking Emo- of like, <laughs> I'm thinking of like that stupid ass round circle, the fucking Walmart <laughs> smiley face shedding tears.
2: And I'm like, oh,
0: yeah. man. You know, so if I'm like, hey, Dylan, how'd you do on the exam? And I get a fucking emoji back. And I'm like, ooh, just one sad emoji. Oh, Not shit. terrible. But then you see the tears and there's like 12. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm all right, man. I'll be over with some beer. You know? <laughs> well, I guess.
1: It, it really is like, it, it changes the game when you can, when you start to use different languages. Like I'm trying to think of something.
0: I don't know if you can compare it to any, well, like, I, I don't know. Cause I've never been assimilated in the ways that you have, but I don't think it's comparable, dude. Just like what you're saying about the language.
1: No, it, it isn't. But I just want, I just want to bring home this idea. And like, if your listeners who are, who are bilingual know that sometimes things are better expressed in different language because English if, you, if you're if you only speaking in English you're only like seeing like half of reality or a quarter of reality there are some there are some cultures that doesn't have the the, the word for depression or there's there's cultures that doesn't have the, even the word for purple so if you're calling the color purple blue your entire life and then an English person says that's not blue that's purple you know and it it just opens your mind. It's like a like a third or fourth dimension almost, and um, that's something that that I found in language. Like sometimes sometimes you can't explain what's going on in in English. Like you have to use a different language. It's a tool,
2: right? Yeah, it's it- it's the opposable thumb of the mind,
0: <laughs> right? Like yep. how many fucking wolves could jump and speak gorilla if they lived <laughs> with gorillas? No, seriously, right? Like, like how many fucking dolphins could interact with a snake and actually get shit done and figure it out? So what you're saying is it's just another thing that allows us to be a dominant species on this planet, man. I'm fucking with what? you, dude. And I've never, I've honestly never thought about that before, but it, you can almost, and again, like the whole, like when you make uh, metaphors, it's so simple, people can understand complex concepts. Like I get that calling fucking language, the opposable thumb of the mind, but like it really kind of fucking is.
1: But, and that's, that's the thing is like, by using that metaphor, that language, I'm sorry, language is the opposable thumb of the mind. You are using your English to the. To, to its fullest capacity, right? And there, you can, and that's the thing is, you can use English to its fullest capacity if you like think about what you're saying, right? I and mean, there's, but it's so hard for people to like really put thought into something that, that we use language almost like so, so blatantly and so abusively that we're not actually like fully capturing what we can actually do with it. If I said like, I think Haas oh, is such a funny, well, someone said to me once that the eyes are the genitalia of the face <laughs> like saying, saying that your eyes are sensitive isn't quite <laughs> it as well as eyes are the genitalia you're gonna fuck if someone's gonna like poke your eyes out it's, you're gonna be in so much pain if and if you're a dude and you get kicked in the balls you know exactly what I'm talking about dude first.
0: how have I never thought of my eyes being two testicles before <laughs> Why are you the first guy to make me think of this, but that's so fucking accurate.
1: Holy shit. Cuz I'm dill daddy, and that's
0: what I do. Oh my god. I'm dill daddy, and guess what? Your eyelids are the ball sacks of your face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Holy shit. Oh.
0: I've never seen my dick so small as my nose. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You're Asian, man. That's a compliment. for dick is as big as her nose.
2: Oh, there it
1: is. <laughs>
0: that, that can't no, be a real. Sorry. That's
1: not in kind a of podcast.
0: That can't be real. Oh, I was about to say, like, maybe you know something I don't. Like, is that a real? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Sean, you're cool, man. I'm, I appreciate talking with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. No, do you gotta go? Holy shit! Wait, are you done? Hour in?
1: No, no. I'm just, just, just letting you know. I just wanted you, just okay. giving you my information.
0: So yeah, part of this weird thing is like I don't I don't know if anyone's ever like listened to any of the previous pods or know however fucking long of a timeline they want. So I try to be hypersensitive to reading cues verbally if people got a bounce. But oh, it, I see. do you see what I'm saying? So like you hear shit and you're yeah. like, man, you're, I'm so fucking grateful. Number one, you trusted me to answer. Number two, you're letting me record this. Number three, there's again like we've said the fear of like being like, um, almost like commercialized i want to say like I, I get very cognizant of that so then on top of that i have all this like almost anxiety of like i'm using them for too long or we're talking for too long sometimes so that's the only reason i was saying it man
1: oh no man i think dude i think what you're doing is really awesome and i really believe in your i i told you this when we first talked when you reached out to me maybe last week is that i really believe in your uh your dream and your goal and like you're, you're chasing that and you're and you're being vulnerable enough to ask random people to be a part of your story. And that's, that's amazing because your, your story is a, is a platform for other people to, to, to get to know them, you know, and right. to get to know you. Right.
0: Yeah. And I almost look at it more like just, it fucking opens up a worldview. And if you can't travel as much as you want to, and if you can't gain experiences, like do you really want to gain all your experiences from Hollywood or from the media? Or maybe you just fucking talk with different people and then all of a sudden, like, you've given me great insight into Hawaiian culture right away because now, like, and without even being like, so do you roast pigs every night? And like, are you in a grass skirt right now? Like (laughs) trying to go a little bit beyond that and just listening to someone who's been raised in Hawaii talk allows me to understand a little bit about Hawaii right? Like without being stereotypical, it's just like, shit, dude, if you talk with someone who's been there, you kind of understand what people who have been there go through.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that, that's, what's so appealing to me, man. Just fucking talking to people from Puerto Rico to Canada, to Missouri, to California, to Alaska. Like you just understand how people look at shit and what matters to them. And it's, it's really fucking cool. Be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's really, it's like a a library of thoughts, you know, and I really appreciate that. Right.
0: Where was the, have you had a favorite place that you've liked being at? Cause you're so fucking existential. Is that the right word in the right language? I
1: I do like that word existential existential. And I do like, I do think of myself as pretty whimsical and, and thoughtful and, and, In me, in in relation to the world. But um, you're asking something about my favorite favorite place.
0: Yeah. Have you just like enjoyed or have you felt drawn towards a particular environment where you're like, man, this just feels, this settles my soul. This feels right.
1: Yes. I'm going to give you the long answer to that. Good. Uh, Okay. See,
0: you're figuring it out. It's only been an hour and you figured out long (laughs) is better.
1: The okay, that's what so, she said. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Had to,
0: dude. I was waiting for you, man. Like I, I fucking lobbed it up there. I was,
2: oh,
1: putting it out there for me. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take the bite. But um, <laughs> there was a, there was this moment when I was in Nepal. Okay, so like I, like I'd said, Peace Corps, fifteen months in Nepal, and i i was defined not as the english american dylan that i was but the person who was relearning to be a new person with in the in the mindset and the and the framework of a nepali because nepal like like the illiterate village people of nepal i i'm gonna use a quote unquote illiterate, but um the people who did who weren't um educated and in Nepal, where who was living with, they didn't speak English. They didn't know anything about my culture. They had no idea where Hawaii was. They had no idea what the fucking ocean was. Holy I told shit. them that the ocean was salty, and they were like, they didn't believe me. Um, <laughs> these are these are the type of people I was living with. Like I I wrote, I'd like wrote I wrote their name for them in their language, and they had no idea what I was writing.
2: Holy shit!
1: So that that was the type of. That was the type of environment I was in. So like everything that I had everything that I had like under my belt was meaningless. All they saw me was, all they saw me as was the person that was sitting right in front of them. And that means a lot. And it's how you can express yourself in that way. And and I was not proud of like the Nepal I call it the Nepali self that I was. And my name is Dylan, but in Nepal my name was Dil Bahadur. And the Dilbahadur of Nepal was a very, like, insecure person who lied all the time, who spoke, like, fifth-grade-level Nepali, um, didn't know how to husk corn as well as as the other, like, 15-year-olds in the village, and, like, didn't know how to plow a field with two uh, buffalo, you know, and that was was what I was getting. They didn't care anything about my degree or that I trained like wrestling for 14 years or anything like that they, they didn't care that i ran whatever it was like 50 kilometers for my birthday or because they don't use the um miles um, yeah they don't they don't use metrics
0: yeah fucking america I, I don't even want to get into that but it's just fucking
2: <laughs> like hey yeah. fucking cage man the
0: world is right metrics. just fucking cave america
2: jesus
1: <laughs> but yeah so it's, it's just that it's just like when i was in uh so i was using nepali and stuff and like i really didn't feel good in that language or in that context um but when i was in nepali i I was able to take a hello
2: yeah man still here
1: okay sorry yeah i took a vacation to thailand for like 10 days and i was there like i said for about six months and so i went back and saw all my friends and wasn't speaking nepali at all i was only speaking thai and and I could feel myself like returning to not my English self, but like my Thai self, like the person who I was in Thailand. And I felt really drawn to to Thailand for that reason because because when I was in Thailand, I was like I was like doing Muay Thai twice a day, and I was like studying Thai, and I was like uh, eating really amazing food, and going to beaches, and meeting beautiful women, and, and doing amazing things like that, and and like who I was attached to that country was kind of the reason why I would say that I feel very drawn to Thailand, but also at the same time it's because Thailand was very easy for me and I didn't have a lot of pain when I was there. And, and I think it's, I think it's almost accurate to say that like I try to avoid pain (laughs) which is, which is contradictory too because yesterday I ran 24 miles and that was very
0: painful. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like a controlled pain where if you want it to stop, you can. Where exactly. I, think, I think a lot of people try to avoid the pain because – or avoid the pain that they are unable to stop. I feel like most people want to work out. They love a good workout. They love being stimulated. They love a sweat. I really do. Like it's part of why I really struggle to understand obesity. If it's not like a serious medical condition, cause I'm like something fucking in you wants to move, man. You don't want to fucking sit here and just eat and sit and Netflix all day. Like that can't just be you. So I, I think that goes to your point of pain, but every fucking creature, I thought we said this earlier, right? Like there's what other species jumps out of a fucking plane trusting. Like, like there, there is no flying squirrel That has had like, it's whatever extra skin clipped and is like, you know what? Maybe that shit grew back. Let me just jump and see what happens. (laughs) Like they don't fucking do it. Birds like everybody just knows that they can. And our species is the one that takes these risks. But at the same time, it's because we feel in control. And if the pain seems out of control, we want to avoid it because we don't know how long it's going to last.
1: Can you say it one more time? We, if there's pain, we know that we're going to avoid it.
0: Yeah, because you don't know how long it's going to last, right? Like why are kids so scared of shots? Because they have no idea when I get this sharp object in me, is it going to keep hurting or will it go away in a second? Will it go away in a minute? How long do I have to be uncomfortable?
2: Understand? Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I think that's part of what we deal with pain, which is whatever you were kind of saying, like, I try to avoid pain. You almost like, um, not self-deprecating, but acting like that's like, I don't know, acting like that's a thing. And you're like, nah, dude, I think everyone tries to fucking avoid pain that they can't control.
1: But maybe that's just my ego. I don't, I don't.
0: Oh, going down that route. I'm with you now.
1: But yeah, there is, I I was in a lot of like sorrow and pain in in Nepal because of really just that third world lifestyle and it was hard and
0: were, were and you up, like did you think they were looking down on you was it more like you thought you were a little better than them and you should have been appreciated like fucking listen to me do you know who I am kind of a thing
1: there was that there was definitely that like right same, Stuff. like listen to me i have this paper says I've sat, i sat here for 4 years in a, in a desk and i and i took some tests so like no what what uh you know what what i you know i know a lot about like psychology and anthropology and like that. but well, sorry about that and uh we we have um we just see that that that's just a fucking facade man it's like it's you can't bring that out into into like the real world when you take away all of those um superficial things that americans have you just have you just have yourself and like and your skills and your and your mindset
0: which is what nepal was revealing and that made you go a little vulnerable or feel a little vulnerable
1: yeah yeah i i uh I learned just how mediocre I I really am. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. I don't really believe in like, uh, I would say I'm agnostic as well, but I I do believe that whatever, for whatever reason, um, for whatever reason I was put in Hawaii or whatever reason I was given my able body that can do what it can. It was like, it's almost not fair to the people that, that have so much less than me, but are so much more able than, than me and like so much more, like so much smarter and stronger and faster or whatever it is. And, um, Oh, you're,
0: you know, just, you're, you're feeling a little bit of like first world guilt at this point.
1: Yeah. I, I do feel that. Yeah. Gotcha. That first, first world guilt, but you know, like something that I try to tell my friends, like people who are like struggling is that they're like, we're all dealt different cards and we're all dealt different hands and you just have to like learn how to use those specific things to your advantage and like use them to, to work with. And, you know, if you're like, if you're like me and like was raised with um, an abusive father, like that was really fucking hard for me, but I was able to, to use that to motivate me. And, and like, uh, for example, for example, I don't like try to toot my own horn so much, but like, being a first generation college student and getting being the first person in my family to have a degree was a huge step for me. Holy shit. Yeah, and it was like really awesome because like you know, my my dad was very much like against me going to college saying like I can't you're not gonna be able to do it. Um he mocked me for it. You would, you like call me names and like holy shit made dude. it Yeah, and like I had my twin brother, he like he deleted all of my wrestling videos. So when I was sending out videos to like coaches to like show people, like, Hey, I want to wrestle for you. Here's some videos in your wrestling. I didn't have any of that to show them. So I had to like, they had to like take chances on me. And like, there was like a lot of opposition for me to like, just even to get my degree. Why? Like,
2: yeah, why? No. Yeah. Why the opposition?
1: there you know I just I think there was just like a lot of like like insecurity on on the part of my dad and my brother just just a lot of hurt and like a lot of ego that went into play but it was just like almost a vindictive vindictive actions against me trying to like pursue my dreams and you know that's something that I would never want to be a part of and I'm the total opposite I want people to like realize themselves and chase their dreams. Right. I can help them with that. then I will. And that's like a huge. Yes. Like you say, you say this has been your dream for the last 10 years. Okay. I'm on board. Okay. I hear you. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. That was actually
0: literally what you messaged me. You were like, dude, can't wait to help you further your vision (laughs) or some shit. Right. Like I
1: I really believe in that. I really 100% agree and believe in like, like the sacrifice and, um, And to, and like, just to put everything on the line and to go, to go balls deep, 100% commitment into something, if you believe in it.
0: Dude, what's uh, your, what's your relationship like with your, so I'm thinking like twin brother, that shit. Is the twin brother the one who was deleting the wrestling videos?
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. So, uh,
0: well, twins stereotype, twins are the fucking tightest of any siblings, supposedly, right? Right. So right. what is that doing for the relationship, man?
1: You know there it's there is this like this up and down with us like sometimes we're like really really close and sometimes we're just it's like it's an insecure attachment I think because you know like my brother and I we uh we grew up with like an abusive father so
0: Oh, uh, so you're like that's the and that's like the common enemy that kind of binds you.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, like it also like created insecure attachments for us. Like it's really hard. It was really hard for us to grow up. Like if we didn't, if we don't, it, I had to address these things if I wanted to be in a relationship and all of my relationships failed because of, because of that, I think is that you, uh, like you base, you model your relationships and you you model love based on your parental figures. And I was basing mine off of like, like my, like an abusive father who abused like his children and his wife, and that was something that I took into my relationships. Um, like not not like I didn't abuse anyone or anything, but just taking that, um, taking those standards of a relationship into your relationships is really terrible. But you see those you see those parallels between my brother and I as well, and just um, trying to figure all that shit out trying
0: to like Uh, sort all that out got you so figuring out like the healthy way to express and dude honestly and um i'm no fucking psychologist either man and if i'm offending you you can say fuck off and i'll change the subject but i've really in my mind man i'm really wondering if this is kind of what drove you towards that love of language and expression is if you had this abusive figure you fucking figured out like bro there's a better when you're angry we don't need to get like all fisty with this shit we can talk it out there's a better way to express these emotions so we all understand what we're feeling and we can move forward
1: you're right yeah and there there really wasn't that there wasn't that from my father and um you know i i think i think he was someone who couldn't express himself in the way that he wanted to so when he couldn't express himself he would yell and if yelling didn't work then his oh, yeah. the hands were used or whatever was used. And you see like it's it's those childhood traumas that he probably had that he brought into his life because he, he grew up knowing two languages as well. So like, it's so interesting to see like like, if you can't communicate, it's not just communicating with other people. It's the way you can communicate with yourself. Like, the level of introspection that you have with yourself, the amount of self-knowledge that you have, mm. you know, and I think that's a huge theme in, this, in our conversation, is that if you don't know yourself, you're going to hurt others. If you don't know how to talk to yourself and how to, how to identify what you're feeling so that you can communicate to others, you're going to hurt them or you're going you're to manipulate them or you're going to make them feel... Um, a way that's not intended, and that's and that's hurtful. That's hurtful to all parties, especially to yourself.
0: And then it manifests. But why do you think that manifests? Like, what's the frustration that your dad or your and I, I don't want to lump them together because honestly, their frustrations probably totally different. Again, if you got to theorize, if I go with your brother he might be feeling fucking all sorts of abandonment shit. Like you're going to fucking go where and leave me to deal with this shit. And like, that's kind of understandable, right? Like that emotional reaction.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. But like, why do you think this frustration expresses itself in these ways in, in, in these, like in, in these super negative just asshole ways sorry we, I, I don't No to no, be a, a no jerk.
1: It's, it's totally fine yeah i think
0: limited language speaker <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think there's so much that we don't that we don't uh know how to handle and you think i like to think about like maslow's hierarchy of needs you know uh you know do you know anything about about oh, this like, i'm
2: all so on board i'm all
0: on board with the pyramid Although yeah. I think I only know two levels of it. I know self-realization is the last and then your fucking survival is the base. But yeah, in between, so, so I, base, get, I get lost.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll take you through it. Um, so the base of the, the base of this pyramid is food, water, and- Shelter, right? Sh- right. And the second level is safety and security. Okay. And the third level is relationships. And the fourth oh. level is self-actualization.
0: Okay. So yeah, I just, wow. What does that say about me that I fucked up on relationships? But anyway, keep going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like is if that, that was true?
0: a war shock test, I'd be like, oh my God, Freud wants to talk to you about your mother. And you're
1: like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, there's, these are just fucking, funny. no, no, dude.
0: I'm with you. I was just. Poking shit at my fucking whack ass brain, not remembering. (laughs) Like, relationships matter. Like, we're fucking humans. That's why solitary confinement fucks with prisoners, right? Like, we're a relational being. We need that's why this coronavirus, like quarantine, is fucking with so many people. Don't tell me I can't fucking hang out, right? Like, I need relationships. Exactly. But sorry, man, I mean to sidetrack you. Go ahead.
1: No, no worries. I, I, I get it. There's a. Yeah. So, with. Um so with that like that idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I I really like just staying within the first two bases, just up to safety and security. That's how I was in Nepal was like I was just worrying about food and water every day. Right. I wasn't thinking about relationships or self actualization. But when you when you go into the first world and like the the middle class family where that's all taken care of, so you're now you're thinking about relationships and self actualization we get into this gray area where we're not thinking about our most primal instincts anymore. We're not thinking about the things that are like yeah. our body telling us. Yeah. Now we have to think about the things that are like our mind and our spirit and our woo, our woo feelings are telling us like, what is like, where's my heart being pulled? Right.
2: Like,
1: what is my heart saying? Like, what, what are my dreams and aspirations? And those are the things that don't, Exist on Maslow's hierarchy of the first, of the first two levels, yeah. And so, and so we get so. I think we get so confused when we get to those higher levels, it's because it's so it's it's so theoretical and it's so unpal palpable that we can't that we can't uh, solidify and and think concretely about it. it has, it's just a feeling, or it's just like a passion or it keeps you up at night,
0: you know, and are you thinking it almost takes like a generation to bridge to that next, to the top of the pyramid where like the father, and I'm not saying this is um, exclusive to your relationship. I'm just trying to like generalize it. So the father has to establish the security, safety, the primitive needs, but then because the father has so been in on establishing those needs, they haven't had the time to figure out the self-actualization and relational aspects of life. Therefore, since you offspring now don't have to worry about the bottom two, mm-hmm. go ahead and fucking explore those top two and figure that shit out. But I can't cross that bridge, man. Cause I'm stuck in this more primitive mode.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, um, I think that can be called like the cycle, you know, that cycle of the cycle of violence or something like that. But yeah, you, you get stuck in those levels, man. And you can't, you can't get to, you can't get to that, that part of yourself that's like getting away from all of that malicious intent or whatever whatever, that is. So it's so fucking abstract.
0: But why are you thinking you're, Your people are, I shouldn't say your people that sounded racist as shit. Jesus. I swear I'm not a racist. I have two black friends. I have two black friends. One of which is, one of which is Asian
2: (laughs) And, and
0: he's a Jew. The other one's a Jew. So I'm perfectly fine. Um, but no, like, so I feel like most people want to be similar to you and I, maybe I'm gullible. Like you just want to fucking talk, man. You want to be decent to people. You want people to like you. You want to help people laugh and have a good time. You want to have relationships. Right. Why, I, and again, with my daughter, like I challenge her when I'm like, dude, do you want to be fat, stupid, lazy? But I would never say you are, unless I was like, you're about to fucking die unless you get some like real shit. But I'm not like coming at her basic needs do you know what i'm saying i'm trying to elevate her level so i guess that's why i'm so curious man as to what is the animosity like or why have you you have to have thought about this shit man you're a fucking thinker like yeah of the
1: animosity yeah that big why the animosity i think comes from you know like my dad was abused as a kid
2: Oh, and my dad shit. had,
1: and I, I don't want to like, just say it's just a cycle of violence, but I think the animosity comes from just being insecure with who you are and not being able to find peace with yourself. You're not at peace with your emotions and you find like, he was pissed off all the time and the way that he got his anger out was through screaming and hitting and punching and, and bitching and yelling, right? And if he could just find the calm and tranquility within himself then it wouldn't have happened but he couldn't he couldn't cope with his own emotions he couldn't cope with his own feelings of whatever it is that he was feeling so he had to do that he had to project himself onto us onto onto my myself and my my siblings and my mom
0: did he have particular triggers like was it work issues like what's what's making my man so upset you're living in fucking paradise to be a little <laughs> bit to be a little bit of a northeastern asshole where i'm like why are you fucking sad in hawaii
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's a so i've i've done the whole like psychoan- psychoanalysis on my dad and he actually died 2 years ago and um holy so I've been shit like- yeah, he died. He died of a fucking heat stroke. But I think he oh was like, he was ready to go, man. He God. lost, he lost his family. Like he had, a, he got a divorce. Um, my my brother and I and my sister kind of like renounced him from our lives. He like lost his jobs as a police officer. Like,
0: oh, dude, like, he was a fucking cop.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: dude, that brings a whole nother fucking realm into this shit.
1: Well, I just, I would like to say that my dad was an abusive asshole and that he was a cop, but I actually aspire to be a police officer now. Um,
0: no, dude. And I, I didn't mean to um, speak poorly of police officers. And I, I totally didn't oh, mean no, it that way. I was I, more I, thinking the I fucking talk shit
1: about police officers any day of the week. <laughs> you,
0: you said you would but, or you
2: wouldn't.
1: I would. I would oh. speak. I would, I'll talk shit about like cops any day because there's a lot of horrible like things that are going on with with our law enforcement. But there's a cycle that needs to be broken there, and I would like to be a part of that.
0: Dude, it would be fucking great because cops, that that Jesus. All right, I yeah. If you don't mind, man, tell me a little bit more about what you did on this deep dive with your dad. So I like and because, dude, and it's it this is where I get fucked up as far as like podcast guy versus just like fucking
2: Tough Sean shit.
0: guy. No, like <laughs> Sean guy, like just want to fucking bounce around and just like, Oh man, you think about this? Like let's go there. But I, I kind of want to go a little bit more with the dad. And you said you went into his, his wise. I like, I had no idea he fucking passed away and he just fucking had life stripped from him. Huh?
1: Yeah. he, he had life like that's a great way to say he had life stripped from him um in 2018 and like his his ex-wife that he was so in love with but so abusive towards was going to get married um in 2018 and that was like two years after their divorce and um my mom was getting remarried and he died right before the marriage um like like a couple months before her marriage and you know, that's, that's really fucking hard, man. I've gone through breakups and I know exactly how it feels to, to feel like someone has moved on from you. Right. Um, And I really think that part of his death was heartbreak and stress and and all of that, that that comes along with it. But
0: did you get the chance to reconcile? Like, did you ever get to have like the man to man talk kind of a thing? Like what? So like, Typically, and again, if I'm stereotyping, and I'm sure you've fucking gone into this, dude, because clearly you're a a thinker. Like, there comes a point in every boy's life when he's being abused where six-pack, muscles, wrestling, you're fucking sizing this dude up. And you're like, if he fucking comes at me one more time, today's the day. Like, I got this bitch. So, like, there's a a tipping point, right? Where you're like, man, I fucking work out. I got him. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Did you get the chance? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'll finish your thought. I think I I had the chance to, to fight him. Is that what you're going to ask a
0: a little bit? I I was trying to get there and then I started going like with three different questions. And again, like, I don't want to be a prying dick, but at the same time, it's super fucking interesting, right? Like, yeah, there had to be a square off moment, dude. If you're fucking working out and you're wrestling, you're good enough to be a fucking D2 wrestler this dude can't keep putting his fucking hands on you regardless of his police training. Like.
1: Right. Yeah. And there, there was a point where, where like little 10 year old Dylan wasn't 10 year old Dylan anymore. And it didn't work out. And, and those, those, those days, those days came and they went and, and, you know, it just became, um, you know, and at that point it really is like that point it's scary because, so that's when like weapons and like things like that become involved and like
0: holy shit, dude! Um, Shut the fuck up, man. Are you yeah, serious? That's,
1: yeah, but those are, that's like that's like that's when police become involved and like uh, you call uh, the police and stuff because that's when it gets really fucking scary. But yeah, my my dad's why for for the way he was was. You know he was a product of a divorce um, his fam his parents divorced my grandparents divorced when he was young and you know my my grandfather was a police officer um, and he was an abusive person to his kids and his wife mm. and and it really is uh, something where you know when you know when you're a police officer it's super easy to get away with crime and he was he, he was able to do it my grandfather's able to do it I admittingly, was able to get away with crimes because of my dad's um police officer uh, status.
0: So you're an oh. intellectual vandal.
1: <laughs> no, I just <laughs> got away with
0: <from> it. <laughs> Sorry. I just well I just wanted a little bit of brevity, man. Like fucking A, man.
1: Fucking A, yeah. That's right. My yeah, that guy my dad, he's
0: So well he's, no, am am I wrong to think as what if I threw the words "It's easy to get away with crime as a police officer, especially on an island?
2: Would I be wrong to throw that uh, in there
1: i I want to say it' will be it's harder because everyone knows you
0: Oh, I took it
1: the other way No, everyone knows you on an island and you know, I can go wherever I want on this island and I'll find someone I can. And I went on a 24-mile run yesterday and I found someone that I knew. <laughs> and I <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's just, you know, it's, when you live on an island, you got to be a little bit more hush, 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 and like a little more private because everyone's going to find out. Mm. Social circles are so, so intertwined. Right. That every family knows each, every family
0: and, how, big's your, how big was your high school graduating class?
1: Okay, that's, that's a different story. I, I, my high school was the largest in Hawaii. Good. And my graduating class was 650.
0: Yeah, see, that's... So I'm going to put that into just perspective. Just And again, we're talking about like relative size and social cir- circles, right? Mm-hmm. In Southern Delaware a population of 330,000 about. There are three count three counties in Delaware. So we live in the southernmost which is the least populated I believe. It's a lot of farmland towards the west. We have seven school districts I believe and I just made that number up off the top of my head. Um my high school class was a thousand, dude, and that was 20 years ago. Like right now my current high school that I graduated from could be at. Oh shit. You know what? I just lied on the podcast. I apologize. I did the math in my head. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. So yeah, you got, you're actually above us. So then we're four to 500 in popular Delaware. Oh yeah. So then it's fucking similar. Jesus dude. I'm sorry. Like I'm sipping a little bit of red wine. My numbers get away from me. <laughs> I apologize. No All right. Yeah. So basically if anyone listens in Delaware or whatever, um, graduating with 650 is not a huge high school class at least to us i mean four or five hundred peoples you know everybody oh you don't
1: think that's kind of how it was yeah you just kind of grow up grow up with knowing like people's family or like your your classmates and your classmates parents and yeah it's easy to, it's easy to get that way.
0: So that's why I thought doing the police thing would be easier. Cause if you're the cop, you just have kind of that authority, that, um, social equity to do what you would want. But you're saying that actually limits their power to get away with stuff or limits people's power to get away with stuff.
1: I, I want to say that from my experience with my dad, I I can, I can only speak anecdotally that yes, that's how it works.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, man, we're definitely not generalizing. Um, Mm -hmm. just talking about you. I just, again, like we, we've said this fucking 30 times at this point, we just, we're actually, it's funny, man. We're like twin flames. We're both motherfuckers that just love to think about shit and talk about it.
1: Like, it's awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate conversations at these
0: Dude, it is, it is fucking awesome. Um, what, what was the first time you, you, you went back at your pops? Like, how old were you, dude? Like when you said 10 year old Dylan isn't 10 year old Dylan anymore, what was the age when 10 year old Dylan wasn't 10 year old Dylan anymore?
1: Man, that was when I was fucking 14 years old, I think.
0: 14?
1: And yeah, that was the first time I like defended myself against my dad. That was fucking crazy.
0: Dude, how bad did that shit get?
1: Uh, my neighbors had to come pull him off, pull him, pull him off me because he was still bigger than me. My dad was like six foot, hundred eighty pounds, and I was I was wrestling as as a hundred twenty five pound wrestler.
0: Holy shit!
1: But you know, just at some point, and at when I was in high school, I'd only I only knew judo and wrestling. So I, um, I didn't know any striking, striking yet, any like stand up martial arts yet. So he, all he did was he grabbed me in a way is like, I know exactly how to use your specific hold on me to my advantage. And I, and I did. And it was like, it was like a moment of like, aha, uh-huh. like, it was kind of funny. And I think he even laughed, but like, <laughs> but like in like a scary way, he was laughing at me because it was like um it was just really fuck it was just fucked up man my my childhood was fucked up but
0: what got him going that night
1: that night um god you know my dad will like he'll like flip the shit if you just like leave a spoon in the sink
0: oh jesus dude that kind of shit
1: no he's like super ocd super super military like and like it it was so easy for him any a trigger he could be triggered by almost anything and and you you walk on eggshells like that for a long time you start to develop like these like i i had i had ptsd for like four years because my dad Um, and just like living with those triggers are very, very haunting for me and i um actually went to thailand to uh to get away from America to get away from all of my friends and family and just to address like my demons that I had my PTSD that I had with my dad um my post-traumatic stress disorder and I um and I did I like really like redefined myself like spent four five six months just working on who I was as a human being and then after the six months in Thailand I saw my dad. I finally saw him again. I hadn't seen him in like four years and I saw him again as an adult and we reconciled. And it was like the most healing thing that I've ever had for myself. And like, I felt, I could feel like the gears in my brain turning, like, like working again, finally. And it was like the most amazing feeling I've ever had. And then he died the next month. And it was fuck up, dude. What
0: gets Dude, you guys was... together after four years?
1: Uh, well, you know, Sean, I, I, I said this already, but I was fucking up my relationships with the people that I loved most. And with my, with my, uh, the girl that I wanted, I was really like wanted to marry this girl. I was 20, 21, 22. I was like, I want to marry this girl. I love her so much. And, um, and then I, she told me like, you're emotionally abusive to me. And, and I can't be with you, and that was really hard for me. And yeah. and I basically lost the love of my life, and and that was really hard. And it's like, you know, I just need to address this because if I don't, if I don't address this now, I'm going to continue this cycle with my children and with with my wife and stuff. And um, it Jesus. was a really low point for me, man. And I um,
0: dude, the self awareness at 21, and and I'm not, and I'm I don't mean to interject, but I just want to um. Support you and encourage you about this, dude. Like you're fucking 21, right? That's what you just
2: said. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you should be going on fucking benders and trying to hook up with three chicks in one night and you got the love of your life and you're having these deep sort of insights. I don't know if people understand at the age of 21, the balls it would fucking take to try to reconcile a relationship with an abusive father. Like, dude, to me, me, that's fucking, dude, that, that, that amazing, amazing that you're having that sort of insight, dude.
1: Thank you, man. And that was, that really feels really good to hear because it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through. And like, but I really thank my dad now and I love my dad and I, and I, I thank him so much for like all of the bullshit that he put me through because he taught me something that, that you can't learn in school. is like you, I learned forgiveness and I learned how to accept people and forgive them, not for their sake, but my own. And, and that's some, that's a, that's a superpower in itself is like being able to accept people for who they are and, and love yourself through, through that acceptance and, and forgiving them for their faults and, and what they've done unto you. And, and yeah, I, I think you know, I I said a lot of bad things about my dad, but, and he put me through hell, man. He really did. Like I, I tried to kill myself and I've like, he, he like, he abused me one, one day. And like, I was like, I just want to quit life. I was like, man, I don't want to go to fucking English period today. I just want to like, I just, I'm just done. And, and like having like, like having to tell myself, like, no, you have to keep going. You have to like, get through high school, man. You got to graduate high school and you got to go to college and
0: fucking resilient dude resilient Yeah, like
1: lear- learning that like learning how to just fucking like be tenacious through anything like right? just through anything have to be your like your dad's abuse it can be like just fucking reading a book just yeah to, or just, fucking 24
0: yeah. miles bitch the fuck are you
1: <laughs> yeah exactly jesus dude it's so,
0: so come it's amazing how and and dude i'm i'm i, I want to have you just finish up how you get with your dad and finish up not like with the time pressure. But I, I just wanted to say like, now I'm so much more understanding the running. Like it's amazing that like the theme, you almost go back to like discovering a theme of like interviewing, like the fucking running. It made no sense to me at first. I'm like, what's this motherfucker just trying to like slim pounds and like, have somebody swap him up. Like, what the fuck is this about? Like, he's just like an Instagram model type dude. And you're like, Jesus, look at the depth and thought and all that goes into this posting, this meaning. I don't know, man, dude, I'm fucking, I'm I'm amazed. I, I had no idea this would fucking happen on a Sunday night for me. Jesus.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I really... I don't want you to think, and I don't want anyone who's listening to think that oh, I run because I was like abused or no 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 dude, I'm,
0: yeah, go ahead, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't speak for you
1: Oh no, no, not at all, but i there you know there's a lot of layers to it, but i I do think that if we want to talk about like my my run your age thing tradition is that it's it's because I need to know myself in order to to know others and to
2: oh. and to
0: help myself. Dude, you've, you've so established that I'm just talking about, like, I thought I didn't think there would be this much healing involved in it. And like, again, like you're at the point in your age where you're 21 and you're fucking like, I just lost the love of my life. And you're so self-aware. You're like, I got to get up with my dad because I won't be able to have a love of my life unless I do.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe that's just me being selfish and wanting love. <laughs>
0: no, dude. I, I Well, I feel like, dude, go fucking biological. Like you just want to be like, you. I mean, I guess you could reproduce, right? But like, <laughs> like I think that's like second level type stuff. So is this a Facebook message after four years? Like who gets up with who you're saying, Hey dad, I'm ready to meet.
1: I, my dad doesn't do Facebook. And so, no, I called his landline. He was living with my grandparents back in Guam after his divorce and losing the house.
0: Oh, Jesus. And
1: so I was like, I called up my, my grandma's landline and my dad was like, <clears throat> my last name is Kitago. So he goes, Kitagoy uh, residents, may ask speaking? And I was like, I haven't talked to my dad in four years. And I was like, Hey dad. And I was like, Hey son, how are you? And, I told him, uh, "It's like I'm ready to have a relationship with you, and and I want to I want to forgive you because holding in my resentment towards you has been ruining my life." And there was a lot of crying and a lot of um, like, "sorries." And I I actually asked him, "Like, I I would really appreciate it, Dad, if you could just like apologize for everything that you've done." My entire life. Could you just write that in an email for me and send it to me? <laughs> and he did. He wrote me an email. I still have it to this day. He wrote Jesus. me an email, like saying, "I'm sorry for abusing you. I'm sorry for like all these bad things. And like, I'm sorry for killing your dog. Um, shit like that, you know. And like, and it was like, if I felt, I felt like this catharsis, and it's like this ther- this therapeutic feeling and um then he asked me he was like hey um can i come visit you in thailand and and i'd tell him yes you can and um then instead of visiting me in thailand he he flew me out to guam to meet him from thailand instead and um you know then like i said we spent a month together or we spent two weeks together like getting to know each other as adults and like going out um getting beers like going out to the like the night market of Guam and going out to the beaches and stuff, and you know, just hanging out, hanging out, learning, learning more, more about like my roots, my paternal roots, and then I told him goodbye and can, can he sent I, me off. On-
0: I'm sorry, dude. I'm so fucking sorry that I have to interrupt you. Oh no. Um, again, like I, I find myself apologizing all the time. I really like the non-video part because. I feel it puts people at ease, but I hate the fucking interjective. You can't read body language part, man. Um, Yeah. Two weeks hanging out with pops, grabbing beers, hanging out at the night market after four years. Like how much are you on guard and how much are you just fucking being you? Cause you're one fucking hell of a questioner, dude. Like, like you're not, I I can, I can't imagine the shit y'all would talk about after a couple of beers and you just fucking with your mind, wanting to go down those rabbit holes,
1: dude. I did go down those rabbit holes. I and I actually emailed him before I went to see him. I was like, "Hey, Dad, I'm nervous about seeing you because of our past and whatever." And he like told me like, "We were driving in his car together." Um, he said, "I'm, I'm really nervous to be with you right now because I don't want to mess this up."
0: Oh wow, that had to be that huge. Was- huge,
1: huge. Yeah it was huge. And I, and I told him like, I told him like, dad, I'm here because, because of, uh, because I want to heal and everything. And because I, I really thank like my ex-girlfriend, her name is Amanda. i say, like, i really thank Amanda for this because it was because of our heartbreak that mm-hmm. I felt that I needed to heal other parts of my heart to, to be able to explore that part of myself. Um,
0: Had your dad, <laughs> Ever been like that, vulnerable? like, dude? So, if again, we go tie like, and it's amazing how shit can tie up, right? Like, themes are emerging, right? Toxic masculinity breaking a cycle. Had your dad ever been like that vulnerable and that taken that much ownership over shit, over his emotions, where he's like, I'm fucking scared too?
1: No, it was, it was, it was weird. Oh, and Jesus. I, it, it sounded weird coming out of his mouth. Right by this time, it was like it just made sense, you know. And like, and I think that's the power of vulnerability. It's like you're you're putting yourself out there, and it it invites people to do the same.
0: I was pausing because I was hoping you were going to say more. I thought that shit was profound. <laughs> <laughs> I love oxymorons and the fact that you can put it, weave a sentence together with, that's the power of vulnerability. When you started with that, I said, Oh, it's a fucking soliloquy coming my way. Let me shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> no, that, that really is it, man. It's Dude. that you're able to be that fucking vulnerable with yourself and you're able to, you're, 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 asking people when you're vulnerable, once once you're vulnerable with someone, you're asking them to be vulnerable back. You're asking for that reciprocation. And and that's why I think people get so like off-put by it is because sometimes they don't want to reciprocate and they don't want to hear that because they don't want that level of relationship with you.
2: Mm. Wow. I'm just trying to... I'm just letting that sink in. Like,
0: that's... That's so true. So
1: you, you said to me, like... Oh okay I'm going to tell you about my daughter because you've been honest with me right and that was like the evidence that's what you needed for me I gave you a little bit of my of my life and then and you feel more comfortable doing that and that's like that power is like if you're able to take that first step you're able to have that real that real conversation and that's something that I've like that theme that I've been exploring within my own research my own research of the of the researchers that How do you create rapport? You have to show that you're a human being with that person.
2: right? Man. So those two weeks, do you feel like you were ready to...
0: Damn, I don't don't even know how to say it. Not like say goodbye, but did you get a sense like your dad was kind of done because now he had rectified some wrongs or was the heat stroke thing it just mm-hmm. fucked you up and you were like, I had no idea.
1: Yeah. It was like super out of left field, man. Like no one knew that. She Jesus. Was he Jesus was actually fucking. Supposed to come to yeah. Jesus
0: Christ, dude. That's what I was hoping you wouldn't say, man. And like, you, <laughs> not, not to be a dick, but man, you fucking rectify that kind of abusive relationship. And you you've got to be feeling like a fucking million bucks. And then all of a sudden it's taken.
1: Yeah, man, it was Fuck. it was really hard because I didn't have a dad all throughout college and and Jeez. my senior year of high school. I didn't have him, and that was really hard for me. And you know, and then like post college, I was like, fucking, I felt like a million dollars, man. I was like, I'm in the Peace Corps, and I like feel so great about myself. My dad's like, he wants to go out with me to the Peace Corps, and like, we're gonna go trekking, and we're gonna go live this life out here, and you know, I don't all these plans, and. Uh, And we were talking about it and like, I saw him in May of 2018 and he died in July, 2018. Like right after I found out, right after I found out that I got into the Peace Corps, he was like, Hey, can I come visit you when you're in Peace Corps? Of course. And I think two days later he died.
0: Jesus, man. So you got, you basically had like two months of decent relationship. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that's, that's that's uh. Dude, the world is so cruel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not saying you believe that. I'm just fucking saying that. That's some cruel ass shit.
1: Oh, I 100% believe that the world is cruel, and and I actually wrote that in a letter to my brother once. I was like, the world is amazing and wonderful and cruel and and shitty and so worth it.
2: Yeah, and
0: it. Oh my God! We may be on the same cosmic plane because I was about to ask, how is your brother healing with your father at this time? Are are you guys completely separate in trying to like restore this relationship? What's the parallel?
1: Um. So, Tr- my brother Tristan, he he had his own. He's on his own. Like wavelength with healing and he's very much broken but in different ways than I was broken. he's and the way that he's healing and the way he needs healing is so much different than, than the way I did. So he's he's still on that road I think. And it's been we're actually not talking right now. And if he if he oh. listens to this, I love you, Tristan. But <laughs> he's uh he's going through his own shit, you know, and he's like going through his own like um He's treating women in the very much the same way that he was treating. My dad was treating my
2: mom. Oh shit. Yeah. Dude,
0: well. that's got a, I don't know, man. I'm, i am <laughs> It's so fucked up. Cause I thought like when I-, I, I found your link through a Peace Corps DM, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to hear some really cool stories about helping people. And again, like that's the amazing part of this. You just get such perspective on like, what people go through and you going through what you've been through helps is got to play a huge fucking role in you helping people. Yeah. and
2: But at the same
0: time, like the fucking man getting it with your brother and then, or I'm sorry, getting it, get regaining the relationship with your dad and not being able to experience that with your twin brother. I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm an only child, but again, like I just go back to, I've always heard these twin brothers. It's the fucking brothers of brothers, man. Like you're fucking bonded. How did that fuck? Like, does that fuck with you or are you kind of at peace with it? You're letting it just fucking go through, flow through a river water kind of a thing. And you're just seeing how it's going to play out.
1: Yeah. It's something like, I know that it's just, he needs time. And gotcha. um, and the best thing that I can do for him is just be the best version of myself that I can be, and um and i just I just have to realize that like we're at, we're all at different stages, you know, and he's someone that I think has a lot of ego and he needs to work through a lot of his own issues, so I'm gonna just mm. giving him that space and time to do that
0: gotcha yeah, you no, know,
1: there's like no go ahead no, I was just gonna say there's uh there's like that that metaphor you know like muddy with muddy water dirt settles to the bottom right and clear water the clear water comes up and all you need to do for that is time Mm. Um, just kind of giving giving everyone that time to to process
0: how hard is that for you dude like you guys had to be boys right or am, am i misassuming something
1: no i i love tristan to death and you know we're we're he's fucking he's my boy but you no, know, with his own he's fighting himself right now. And I'm and I was getting caught in a crossfire of um. that. So I just have to just let myself get out of the way. As much as I wanna be his bigger brother, his bigger twin brother and like try to help him. And sometimes there's love and there's love in space, you know, and there's love and absence. Um intentional absence. Right. Um I I truly believe that. You need space to grow and I can't stifle, I can't stifle him.
0: So you came out a little quicker. What were you like four seconds above him or what? Why do, Why are you saying bigger brother? You got like, are you dick measuring contest kind of a thing? Or you just <laughs> fucking came out like half an ounce ahead. What the fuck?
1: I, I, well, I was an hour, I'm an hour older, but oh. um, just, but just like, emo, I feel like emotionally and mentally i was i was able to get my shit together quicker than he was and you can see that with like our our lifestyles and our our career choices and like with our education and with with our skill sets is that they're very different and very vast and like if you put us together we can like address a huge population right
0: yeah it sounds like a fucking if you guys are zagging like that's one hell of a fucking tandem right
1: it's yeah, it, it is that yin and yang that, that you're talking about. Um, we we really are super super opposite. He's he's working as a as an apprentice to be a plumber right now.
0: Oh, dude, those dude, fucking plumbers, electricians, HVAC people, mm-hmm. so misunderstood, appreciated as far as the educational level that those fuckers have.
1: I, yeah, I hear that 100%. Like the
0: the technical aspect of their jobs is so overlooked by fucking elitist college. And um, again, like I fucking went to college. I have like a a graduate degree and shit like that, but I couldn't be a fucking plumber. (laughs) I'd be a fucking, I would feel like you felt in Nepal, dude. I'd feel totally fucking inept around them like that shit is legit
1: yeah and that's that's um you know that's something that i think even covid has been showing us like these essential workers like what's important to our society what keeps us afloat plumbers do man people people like who are beside behind the scenes and I...
0: oh the infrastructure it's fucking infrastructure exactly.
2: people that are fucking crushing it 100 percent yeah, so we um so yeah, I I respect my
1: brother and I respect his choices in life. I don't necessarily respect the way he treats people when it, when his ego gets involved in those choices. Um but you know, I think that's no one's perfect, man. I'm so fucking far from perfect.
0: Dude, everyone. Yeah, oh dude, 100%. And like again, no no judgment. I'm not casting fucking stones on anybody when like, it's not a he who sins first. I guess it would be a he who sins first cast the first stone kind of shit. Because who are the people that said that to Jesus? Because I'm not that fucking person. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what um Was there a breaking point for your relationship with him? Or did it just happen gradually?
1: Well... Well, so I so I just moved back to America from Nepal two months ago, and um, he wanted to move in with me. He wanted me to move in with him, and I, I want, he wanted me to be his roommate. But that was only after him and his girlfriend um, got into a fight, and then and and then his girlfriend left Hawaii to go to go move in with her family in Florida, wow. and. Uh, because of that, he he was like left without his roommate. You know, his he's gonna move with his roommate. And he had no one to to live with, and he was kind of feeling alone in that. And so he kind of like asked me. He's like, "Hey, I know I didn't want you moving with me before, but now that my girlfriend's gone, let's move in together." And I I told him I was like, "Um, you know, you kind of put me on the back burner, and you weren't treating me very well, and you thought." He was just thinking, like, horrible things. He was thinking that I was trying to get with his girlfriend and stuff, too. Just, like, really insecure thoughts. But, Jesus. Yeah, so it then, was, you know, man, it was just really that insecurity that my dad had given him. It still haunts him to this day. So he, he just thought, like, really shitty things. And Dude,
0: people don't realize that that shit does get passed down, man. It really does. It fucks with the next generation.
1: It does, man, and it really broke my heart to hear him say that. He told me, uh, he said, "I can't, I couldn't like be in the same room with you and my girlfriend because I was scared that you were like wanting to sleep with her or something really weird like that." But, but that's that is really the effect of like, an abuse, emotionally and physically abusive parent is that you you uh, have these. Insecure attachment to people,
0: right? You're just fucking skeptical,
1: Mm -hmm. right? And you don't you don't know what to trust. You can't trust your parents because one moment they're loving and nurturing and giving Mm -hmm. you food, and then second second moment they're you know beating you beating you up. Yeah,
0: I don't think enough people understand that about the relationship of the relationship between siblings who come from an abusive house, like. What you just said, the walking on eggshells, you're growing up not knowing what that fucking trigger is. So you're just growing up skeptical and you can't trust because as soon as you do trust, you're abused. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't know, man. Like I'll, if, if you don't study or listen it or experience and reflect on it, it's so hard to understand.
1: I hear that,
2: right.
0: Yeah. Man, that sucks, dude.
2: Really hope. Yeah, but
1: you were given those cards, man. Some some people are some people are born with uh the twins, some people are born a single child, some people are born without like water, like the villagers in Nepal, they weren't they don't have a lot of water. Some people are born with a piece of parents and those are like things that you have. Those are the cards that you're given and you have to you have to like look at your deck and see like how can I make this work to my uh to my best ability and how can I be most efficient. And, and yeah, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard.
0: There's the capitalist talking in you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: I'm so glad you can laugh after fucking that sort of emotional depth, man. I um Again, don't mean to be like a dick or anything like that, dude, but it's just trying to hear your story and like put pieces together, man, what fucking, what choppy ass waters for someone who's so fucking thoughtful, man. Like, it's amazing that again, like, should we say it peace corpse, <laughs> like who is fucking like, that's mother Teresa type shit. Peace Corps, <laughs> right? Like you, you hear that shit. You're like, oh my God. You're a... And when I initially, dude, we're fucking two plus hours in and we didn't even get to a Peace Corps. Well, I guess we got to one kind of Peace Corps story, but like I, Jesus Christ, dude, I'm floored. I'm fucking, flo- I, I did not expect this thesis Dylan to be exposed in this manner.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about life. I think is that there's there's more to it than face value. There's more to it than the six pack that you see on Instagram. And
0: Why are you bragging sh- about your six pack, bro? Fuck you. How about we're, that? We're
1: talking about
0: it. How first, about that, bro? Man. Fuck you and your six pack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: went <were, I laughs> twenty four miles for that. Uh, Usually, I don't have-
0: <laughs> wait. Did you did you stop at the twenty four? Like, do you take breaks or are you jogging the whole th- whole way through?
1: I I stopped to take a piss and I stopped to drink water. That's what you mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was your time for 24 miles?
1: Man, I don't even want to talk
0: about it. Come on, man. No, fuck you. You've talked about so much shit and you don't even want to give me the fucking Fitbit reading. What was your time? Don't be- Five
1: hours and 10 minutes.
0: That's not terrible, dude.
1: It isn't. Yeah, but it wasn't great.
0: Oh, Um, what was the expectation? Happiness? is the function of expectations. So what was your expectation when you, when you started jogging, what did you think?
1: I, you know, I, I was like, I just wanted to keep it under six, sub six hours, but then why? So I did that.
0: Why? Yeah. Right. Why are you upset?
1: Um, well, because, because like if a real runner would hear me say like, Oh, I I did 24 and five hours. and they're Like, what the fuck? That's like, anyone can do that. But, Uh, you know for me like
0: like i don't know man a lot of those fucking people like those africans that come over and set records that shit is flat that's all i'm gonna say but keep going
1: yeah it was just uh it isn't a race for me like and i do i do races and i do get really competitive in racing um but you know with my with my birthday run it's spiritual for me and i i take the time and i take the effort to do it and i don't rush it I, I do it. I don't go slow. I just go like at the pace that I feel like I need to go and like it feels good. And I like try to be as um, like woo woo about it as possible and listen to my body. Listen to like what, what's going on. Like I'm not racing anyone. There's no one else around me. Exactly. You know what I mean? But well,
0: there's, there's nothing some- to rush through, man. Which is the fuck. Right. Like you hit mile eight and you hit a fucking <laughs> memory of like you want to dwell. Your natural pace is gonna slow down, mm-hmm. like, yeah. dude. That's fucking amazing. Like, that's awesome. To be honest
2: with you, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, you know, I
1: I, I do plan to do things like I. Gosh, should I say this? Okay, well, I will. I guess I I don't want. I would like to be the first person of 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 the guam descend the guam bloodline which is called tomorrow i want to be the first print of the first person tomorrow bloodline to, to climb mount everest oh. and i would like to do i would like to do an iron man and i want to do this within the next uh 10 years and th- those are like really big athletic goals that i have
0: why do you feel that need
1: because man life's a celebration and you got to celebrate your youth while you have it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to do this for a long time
0: that's the fucking truth man yo this summer if i'm keeping up with you i'm jogging 39 miles in a day i don't know if i'm making that gotta be honest dylan i don't know if i'm hitting that shit up
1: yeah man you gotta
0: i might go 39 kilometers would you think less of me if i went 39 kilometers
1: i would think i would I would love you for that as well. I, I would think I would think the best of you, you know, I think someone someone ran two point four miles from me yesterday for my for my twenty fourth birthday and I was so thankful. I was oh. like you didn't do that. but, but they did it and Dude,
2: that is dope.
1: Yeah, and it and it isn't it really isn't about the mileage, it's not about any of that. It's about just like it, the intention of celebrating, the intention of like thoughtfulness and reflectiveness is what That's why it's important.
2: That's,
0: that's so true. And, and dude, I don't know, just talking to you, man, like I think I've said this, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or just said it to people, but like, I I love the saying, like knowledge is wasted on the youth because youth are (laughs) so into the fucking physical right like it's just what the point of being a youth is it's physical it's momentary and the older you get the more you plan and fucking plot and blah 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 but like you're almost a hybrid man like again the cia really may be listening to this shit
1: that'd be awesome hi cia hire me
0: (laughs) i'll take it
1: i'll be a contractor
0: Um, so dude, we didn't get into so much of your fucking travels. Um, do you, and I'm not on any kind of time restraint. I'm just trying to be respectful. Is there a topic of your story we have not covered that you want to be dove in, dived into?
1: Um, you Um, know, there's, I don't think anyone's life can be summed up into two hours, but I think. I feel pretty great about this conversation. I was not expecting to take it any, in any of these directions. I was like, I was really like prepared to talk about like, um, water insecurity and food insecurity of Nepal or like even, Mm. even like sexuality and what that means to be a sexual being in Nepal. Like Mm. maybe Hinduism or something like that. But where, where we went was like a very more like organic way of speaking, which is really cool. And, um, and I feel pretty good about that. And I, um, I'm actually going on a, on a sunset hike today.
0: Um, oh, shit. That's right. Hawaii. Oh, time yeah. lapse. Gotcha. But,
1: um, there, you know, there's a lot that can be said that, um, that I, I could say. But, um, you okay. know, there's a lot of experts that could say it better, too.
0: No, dude, there's nothing better that you can say than what you said at the moment. And when you do say it better, it's because you got better, man. So, (laughs) No, seriously. Right. Like I've I've always fucking not understood people that want to take a clip and then you fast like COVID, for instance, you want to fucking hold shit against people who had knowledge in March and then they changed their mind in May and you're like, oh, ventilators are bad. And you're like, I'm sorry, we needed some fucking time to figure that out. Are you cool with that? Let me get some knowledge and let me fucking readjust my thought. That's actually braver, you know?
1: Yeah, admitting to um, your faults is like a power that a lot of people don't have because a lot of people Uh, are, I think, poisoned by their ego.
0: Yeah, no, dude, 100%. And honestly, dude, let's get into that shit when I – if I hit a lull and if I ever can fucking make this actually a decent podcast, love to have you back on, dude. There's a bunch. It's amazing, dude. Honestly, the, the fucking the people you meet who a two to three hour conversation is like tip of the iceberg type shit. And you just want to like fucking call them up again and be like, yo, man, it's been a month. Let's fucking go down that hole and see what the fuck's up um
1: Yeah, man, I'd I'd love to talk, even even if it's candid and there's if it's not for the sake of a podcast, I'd love to just shoot the shit with you. And you sound like a really cool person to grab a beer with.
0: Oh, dude, um, well, hundred percent, um, dad bod, forty year old guy would absolutely love to <laughs> hang out with fucking twenty four year old. Right, like, can't wait to be Will Ferrell in fucking Jesus. What was his movie when they moved back in? Old school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't wait to be that guy. All right, man. So let me let you go on this. And I I really think you're going to fucking love this. Do you have like three or four minutes?
1: I got you. Yeah. All
0: right. So I try to end my podcast on this. And you have full liberty. Make it a good story. Okay? Got it. Let me get your best first for last.
2: We've saved the best
0: first for last. Sponsored by abstinence. Waiting makes it
1: worthwhile. Your best, my best first for last. 100%. I have no idea what that means.
0: Oh, come on, man. Dylan, if anyone.
1: <laughs> Dude, okay, you, my best first.
0: It, it's ambiguous for a reason. Like, Ambitious. your best first. Whatever you want to fucking say. Your best first story. For last on the podcast, like, you know, how you go best for last, like, Oh, desserts, the best for
2: last. Got it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wherever you want to fucking go. And I don't want to like put topics in your head. Um, <coughs> cause I found that like manipulates people and then they like match up whatever I fucking say.
2: Got it. I yeah, totally
0: love the randomness of just asking people what is their best first for last. Cool. I feel yeah, like it's wicked not, clever to be on. Like I feel like clever. I don't know, like I, toot your own horn type shit.
1: I think yeah, it's a very like Roshark's art ink block test type of question, right? But I, I I I I hope for the next person you ask that question to, you premise it by saying I'm not going to give you more information on this, but this is here what this is what I want you to extrapolate on. But <laughs> so my bets first for last. Yeah,
0: just a dope ass story that you won't be like, dude, first time I did blank. Here's the fucking something cool that I thought and you can, you know, narrate on it.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to take this in a whole nother direction. I love it, but so in Hawaii, we uh we traditionally we uh when we meet someone for the first time, you press your foreheads together and your noses touch at the tip. And you close your eyes and you breathe in at the same time, and then you breathe out. And in that moment, you're sharing breath with each other. And we say ha for breath in Hawaiian. And what you're doing when you're doing this is you're sharing your ha, which is breath, but it also means you're sharing your spirit. So in the first time that you see someone, and every time after, you, you press your forehead together and your nose, and you share with them your strength and your spirit and your knowledge. you've both accumulated and it passes between the two people we say we say that word as aloha now um and you spread the spirit of aloha are you spreading your spirit with people by by sharing your stories and you're sharing like your wisdom um and you know my my twin brother and i before we would go and wrestle in a tournament before we would race with each other we would grab each other's back of the head we put our foreheads together and our nose together and we would breathe in together. And then we'd share each other's spirit and strength. And um, we do it in our goodbyes and we do it in our hellos. And it's just uh, something that's so empowering for for me as a person and for many Hawaiians. Um, but that's the one thing that you do when when you first meet someone.
2: You
0: just fucking made me tear up, Dylan. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you, man? Jesus.
1: God damn it, son.
0: God. <laughs> Dylan, that that is a great fucking zag, man. So like before wrestling matches, wait, so both you guys wrestled.
1: Right. Yeah, in college too.
0: Wait, he went to Colorado with you?
1: No, he was wrestling in college uh, in Oregon for the NAIA for for a little bit before he he dropped out.
0: Did you go to the both the same high school, I'm assuming? Yeah, we we did. So everybody's fucking doing this with like, because wrestlers are fucking nuts. Like y'all are the sickest of the fucking psychos of any high school sports athlete. Like honestly, right? Or you want to like argue that?
1: No, I, I completely agree.
0: Yeah, you dudes are fucking nuts. So is every Hawaiian almost like looking like they're kissing each other before they wrestle, which seems super feminine? Or is that like kind of a special thing between you and your brother?
1: Um, no, not everyone does it. But it's, some, it's like ancient tradition to do. or It's, it's a very old school way of um, greeting someone, you know? Um, yeah. Nowadays, nowadays people just kiss each other on the cheek, like the French. You know how the French do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But they do—they do it one time on the cheek. But it's like it's a very ancient, um, almost like old school way of of greeting someone.
0: How'd you come across
1: that? You know, it's something like it's like saying to someone salutations. Like everyone knows what salutation means. It's a very like old school thing to say.
0: Are you sure everyone knows what salutations means?
1: I'm assuming, man. I fucking okay. hope so.
0: Salutations. I wanna say like everyone knows what's what's up means, but I don't know if they know <laughs> what like salutations means. I don't know if I could fucking define I think I would define it as like someone saying what's up, like a cowboy going by and being like, What's up?
1: Okay, well well let's okay, let's change it. Maybe, maybe say <laughs> do, or, You know what I mean. It's a very old school thing to do. Yeah. And it's uh but there, there is power, and in, in you know, in, in your roots, and there's power in that.
0: But that's, and, uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Was that like a dad thing, a mom thing, a uncle, or
2: you saw was, like older guys doing it?
1: It was something that my Hawaiian friends would do with me. Like um, it was something that my team, my my particular team would do. My team would do it in high school because we were like a lot of us were local local hawaii boys local hawaii girls you know we, we we're the ones who were doing it and then um you know we we practice that tradition with with the wrestlers and with the runners and it was just something that kept us together as like a as like a team you know and like yeah that unit but it might have looked weird to people but like i don't know you get beat up by the guy that's doing that who's gonna
0: Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, dude, you're fucking sitting there looking like you're French kissing your brother. And this motherfucker is thinking when he's waiting for you, like, oh, I'm a fucking mash this fool. And then you put it on his bitch ass. Like, what's more fucking insulting? That's where my mind went, dude. Mm -hmm. There's,
1: yeah, if you ever, like, find yourself researching, like, Polynesian cultures, that's something that, that you'll see a lot of, like, in the Maori culture in New Zealand. Uh, the Tahitian culture, um, Hawaiian, um, you see, you see those, those types of greetings.
0: Gotcha. And would that be, so are you an asshole if you come off the plane on an island trying to fucking do that to people or you got to have like a relationship with the individual to do that?
1: Um, it's, it's kind of like something that you have to know that they do that. Um, I know there are there are people who practice the, that old way, the old ways like that, and you know, like okay, so Vince does that. So when I when I go up to Vince, I'm not going to shake his hand. I'm going to give him. Gotcha. I'm going to do, do aloha with him, but you know, there's this um, when the first colonialists came to to Hawaii, the the very very like stereotypical racial ter- racist term for white people is haole, which is like the uh, I don't know. There's this. What is it in Spanish? Gringo, right? Gringo,
0: gringo. Exactly. In so In, in like English, it's called cracker. But go ahead.
1: Cracker. Yeah. So yeah. we say howli for cracker, but howli is the is like the white person way to say ha ole ha ha meaning spirit and breath, and ole meaning no. So like no spirit. So oh, when the people shit. came to Hawaii, um, they wouldn't do the breath. They wouldn't do that with them, right? So they were called like the people without spirit and people without breath because they didn't want to share that with them. And um, so it's a very uh, interesting... If if someone were to, if someone were to call you that and you're with me, I'd be very upset.
0: Should I throw punch them? <laughs> if I get off the plane and someone goes, Howley, I'm just fucking going right for the aorta. Like yeah, Adam's you- apple. I'm just fucking dropping and I'm hitting them with a one-two on the way down. And then I'm fucking like... What would be my next move? And and should I go for the legs or should I seal the arms? What should I go next?
1: You should probably just go for the arm bar, man. All right. Just just end it it quick. Got you. But, But I love
0: how you went down that road with me acting like I'm a fucking tough guy. Like you said you were 125. I'm like, bro, I'm... I'm 5'10", and I think on a good day, if I get a good bench in, 165.
1: Okay, well, I'm about 155 right now, so.
0: Yeah, that's why you got a six-pack, bro. You don't need to brag, okay? You don't need to fucking brag, all right? It's cool. (laughs) Dylan, man, absolutely, man. Let's, um, uh, and whatever, I try to, um, I think, shit, man, you actually might be the 40th. I just fucking posted Libby, who I think is 35, 36, 37, 38. I'm sorry. You're 39. But I really love like when I follow people on Instagram trying to like maintain a fucking whatever social media relationship. But dude, I'll keep fucking, I'll keep messaging you with my uh, old boomer ass, man. You're fucking, you're deep as an abyss, bro. And I fucking loved getting to know you. It was So not what I thought it would be. I can't believe like I found you on a fucking I found your tag on a Peace Corps click and we literally didn't get into three minutes of Peace Corps shit. It was amazing.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it, bro. Dude,
0: thank you for being so open and honest. And um keep being you, man. You fucking kick ass. Like keep keep being you, dude. I I love how you question and think about shit. I think that's it's something that's inspiring about Again, as an older guy who's a teacher, it's something that I really admire about um, this generation that's coming up is that you motherfuckers are thoughtful. Like you think about shit, and it's just awesome to have you be open to thoughts. So I just wanted to encourage that in you. Don't know if that matters, but wanted to encourage it in you.
1: I hear you. I hear you, and I will definitely keep thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, man.
0: Enjoy that hike, dude. It was great getting to know you.
1: All right, Thank
0: you. Aloha. Hey, have a good one. Hi. Hey, Loa. Hi. Did I get that right? Aloha. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant I was trying to fuck it up to, like, be the gringo that doesn't deserve it.
1: <laughs> You're a shithead, man. <laughs> have a good one.
0: And I All right, man. Talk to you. Anything. Peace.
2: On the subject, I like. to
0: Huge. Dill Daddy, thank you to Dylan for being just so fucking open and honest about what he goes through mentally and what he's been through physically. Um, Talking with folk like him, I don't know about you listeners, but just fucking gives me hope for the future, man. It's inspirational. Deep fucking thinkers. Um, (laughs) Speaking of deep thinkers, thanks to AndrePsyche.com for partnering with and supporting the podcast. Check out his website, AndrePsyche.com, for trippy, unique merch that you're not going to find anywhere else. And as an added bonus, and we're just throwing this in for free, you're going to feel great because you're supporting a local individual artist. Also, friend, follow, subscribe, rate, review, sponsor. There is all, is it there are all? I feel like it's there are. There are all sorts of ways you can help to make this podcast sustainable. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Pods, Google, Stature, TuneIn, wherever you listen. Patreon, trying to drop some cash for us. You help the Getting to Know You pod
2: with every click of support, and that is very much appreciated. Adios.